When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to your week. It is an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I'm your pal, Ryan, and this is your Monday episode. We're doing a pop culture roundup for you. How the heck was everybody's weekend? Was it good? It went too quick, right? You guys, I went on my first hike of the year. The knee held up. Thank the dear Lord. And it was nice to be outside amongst people. I go to this place, Runyon Canyon. It's like a popular hiking spot in Los Angeles. And I always like to laugh because, you know, everybody's very L.A. there. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm just hiking amongst so many future The Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants. You know, I was like, I mean, how many of these people am I hiking around that will eventually make their way to reality television? I I have to imagine it's like 20 percent at least. So that was nice. Caught up on a lot of TV, did a little reading. Uh, Yeah, nothing crazy. Also, let's just say it off the bat. Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl, huh? Do not roll your eyes. Stop it. Stop with the negativity. It's going to be fine if you do not like it. The NFL will be done in two weeks. Not for good, just for the season. Uh, but it's. I think it's exciting, right? I Come on, let's just be, I don't care if you think it's a PR relationship or not. I think it's exciting. It gives people like me something to watch the Super Bowl for, you know, because I'm excited to see Usher as the Super Bowl halftime performer. But now I'm excited to see cutaways to Taylor Swift during the actual game. That's pretty exciting, no? Oh, come on. Let's all band together on this one. Oh, my goodness. So they will be facing the San Francisco 49ers, uh, which I, I was reading online. People were like, oh, not these guys again, not this pair again, blah, blah, blah. Man, we just love to hate things, but we are going to celebrate what we love today. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm going to bitch about a lot of things that I dislike. Whew. Uh, our guest today is Nicole Travolta. She's been on the show a bunch. Uh, such a talented person. Her one-woman show opens at uh, the Soho Playhouse in New York. 
The Big Apple on February 14th. I've seen this show here in Los Angeles and it's great. So if you if you happen to be in New York, I would definitely check it out. And Soho Playhouse is just an amazing theater. So, so cool. But we talked about a lot of pop culture, but it was also just really funny. We get silly. We talk about Vanderpump Rules because, you guys, we are in the week of Vanderpump Rules Season 11. It premieres on Tuesday. I have seen this episode. Uh, get ready. We're going back to recaps for Vanderpump Rules, baby. Salt Lake City is done, and we will be picking up the torch of Vanderpump Rules. Oh, are we any wiser? Are we any? None, none of that. I mean, we, I, God, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm going into the season on fume. So I'm excited to see. But I thank you for, for, for listening in advance. <laughs> thank you for listening in advance. Also, this weekend, I was so, uh, I, I would tease this episode on Friday. And then I released it Saturday night. But Kate Arthur, the editor-at-large of Variety, came on to talk about her pieces that she did on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, her interview with Heather Gay, Andy Cohen, executives at Shed Media, and the producer that was there on the uh, the Bermuda trip. And I thought it was – I just – was over the moon about that conversation and being able to have it, first of all, because I respect Kate so much, but please go check that out. You might not know I released an episode over the weekend because man, I know I hit you with a lot of content. I'm not going to, I'm trying to stop apologizing. Life coach says not, do not apologize, but I know it's a lot, but I think it's worth your time. I really want you to check out that episode, especially if you were a fan of Salt Lake city this season. So please go do me a solid and do that. And remember, subscribe to these episodes. So it'll alert you when a new one pops up. I guess it's good for the numbers and algorithm and all that crap that I never really fully understand, but I just hear buzzwords and I'm like, yeah, I want to be on the right side of the algorithm. I want the algorithm to like me. <laughs> and also, if you if you think about it, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the last thing, the last commercial, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Laura Beth Harp, who took all the notes on Salt Lake City this season for me, she came on and we did kind of a, a recap, not a recap of the season, but where, where we are with Salt Lake City now. But we touch on Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, The Traitors, which uh, did you guys watch the fifth episode of The Traitors? Should we talk about it a second? I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I think we should talk about it for a minute. Up top. So yeah, this first part is just going to be me solo. So if you want to skip to the Nicole Travolta interview, you can, you know, check out the timestamp. It'll be there, but it's a really fun conversation. But if you want to start with me, uh, you know, we do it. We're like Burger King. We do it your way. Just consume this however you want. But I'm going to give you a lot of pop culture information here up top, like probably way too much. I think I'm going to delve into potentially the Nicki Minaj, Megan the Stallion beef that just really blew up over the weekend. And by blow up, I mean, Nicki Minaj uh, just didn't stop for like 48 hours online. I mean, for for one of the queens of rap, she seems so pressed by one verse that Megan the Stallion did. And uh, supposedly, I mean, this is 7.51 p.m. She is supposedly releasing a song. It's not a diss track, she said, but it's a diss track at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we'll see if she makes that deadline um, and 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 see what she says about Megan the Stallion. But it has gotten really nasty. And fandoms... I'm telling you, man, the U.S. government's got to find a way to incorporate fandoms into our military because, I mean, some of these, the Barb's, which are Nicki Minaj fans, which I like Nicki. I mean, I like Nicki Minaj. I, I don't know. It's sometimes really, I mean, we 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 have to pick sides all of a sudden. We're at war. It's like you're either a, a bar or you're a Swifty or you're a Barb or you're, I mean, it's like, my God, I just want to listen to the music. 
I just want to bop my head and forget about my miserable life. Are you kidding me? So we'll delve into that. We'll delve into some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion news. But I will tell you up top, who told you that Kathy Hilton would be making an appearance this season? This guy did. This is why it sucks releasing so much content because I can't even find the episode or episodes where I talked about that. But I said for Kyle to be talking this much about Kathy Hilton in the season, the only way to put a bow on it is Kathy Hilton is in a couple of scenes. So it's yet to be uh, revealed if she will be in that pickup episode that deals with Mauricio. But we do know now for a fact she was the surprise guest at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion this past weekend. And uh, yeah, I called it. I feel great. I feel good when I get things right. It only it only happens once in a blue moon. No, that's not true. Like three or four times in a blue moon, but it's really nice to be right. And you know what? Let's just start with Beverly Hills right here. Uh, the other big thing that happened was, this is a rumor. I read this from uh, a, an account at the Bravo Babe, and she wrote uh, that Sutton, our, our Gloria Sutton with the dainty esophagus, uh, she had to be... Um, I don't guys just take this with a grain of salt. I don't have and nor did I try to like go to any contacts about this. Cause I was like, ah, is that supposedly she suffered some sort of medical emergency and had to be taken to the hospital and Garcelle, her good friend went with her and it was like towards the end of the reunion. So they don't even all get to cheers at the end of the reunion. And also if you listen to my recap on Friday of the Beverly Hills recap, which was super fun and silly, Uh, I said, I said, you know what you're going to see today? Andy's going to start posting on his Instagram. He's going to be like, I'm here at the reunion. And then halfway through the day, it's going to be like, still here. Oh my God, this is juicy. And then you'll get another post like, oh, still here. We got all of that. Oh man, it's like clockwork. It's amazing. But he also posted something where he was like, he said, look at, look at our lunch. It's sushi. And they had laid out these like boats of sushi on the soundstage. And my fear is that Sutton ate too much like bad fish or something, and it just closed up that dainty esophagus even further. I mean, wouldn't that be just a capper of the season? Is that Anne Marie says like all of these things, and then she actually does eat, and then her esophagus, she has like an esophageal issue on the actual finale, like the reunion. Like we, I what? So I'm, I'm, we'll get my insurance card. God say, I say, I say, I'm, I'm a paid up Blue Cross Blue Shield member. My God, the only thing that like, I'm just like, was Santos there? Like an emergency Santos ride to Cedar sinai I am joking, even though it potentially is serious. I really hope this isn't that serious. But I will say, in terms of housewives, just throughout the course of all of the iterations, how many housewives have we seen have some sort of medical emergency? I mean, I re- it is danger- it's dangerous mentally to be a housewife, but it is dangerous it's dangerous physically. Like it, it, you, these, like Sutton potentially went to the hospital because I'm already in my head. I'm already producing like the third part of the reunion, the teasers for it of like tonight in a groundbreaking episode, we combine ER and Grey's Anatomy with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and you'll hear sirens like, and you'll hear whispers, Erica Jane of like. I swear to God, I didn't do nothing to Sutton. And Lisa Rinna's nowhere on the premises. I'm like a giant. But like, and then someone's like, well, I'm worried. I'm worried. Oh, no matter what happens to me, take care of Mus's ashes, please. I don't know. So I haven't heard any news, but we will find out. But that 
It not it funny that like the it seems like the big crux of Beverly Hills drama has happened off the camera because the on camera stuff is really boring in a lot of ways. The Anna Marie Wiley stuff with coming for Crystal, but then the Crystal um, kind of coming at Dorit after Dorit said the child bride comment. That to me is it was is I was like, wow, this is that's really explosive right there, right in time for the reunion. Um, but yeah, Anne Marie Wiley, there was a lot of dust up over the weekend as well with her. She's gonna be on Watch What Happens Live this week with Chloe Feynman. I think I told you that on Friday. And uh maybe it's Monday night. Anyways, she's gonna be on this week. And I think with Anna Marie Wiley is you know. It, it just, I wish it was more fun to talk about her as a character. And it just isn't because it seems like she's coming so hot. And I don't personally think it's working, but I did think about this over the weekend is that, oh my gosh, we are kind of like not so much is happening in the Kyle Morgan. It's all like this layer of mystery that we are talking about things like Anne Marie Wiley. And in a sense, we are, even though I think she'll still be one and done, we are potentially helping her get a second season of having production kind of lean into going, no, we made this decision. We think it's the right one. Let's have her on another season. I mean, God, she started six episodes into this season. So it is curious when there is a lot of fan reaction and there's just not a lot to react to in Beverly Hills this season. I think of note that, you know, who knows? We might be helping her in some way. It is yet to be seen and it's yet to be seen what her reunion performance will be like. Uh, Like I said last week in terms of Monica Garcia, it was overall, I thought, a poor performance. She checked out at multiple times and she had months to get her story together and it didn't really fully come together, even though I still would love to see Monica on next season of Salt Lake City. Um, It just she didn't do herself any favors. Uh, You'll still never be able to convince me that Heather Gay did not plan that phone call in Bermuda. Um, I do think that production did not know or they were not aware to a point they actually cared, Um, which is also one of the fascinating things. I don't know if it fascinates you. I mean, I just I talk all the time now being fascinated about production because they're trying to do this job and get this job done. And I sometimes don't know if they truly are delving into the right pockets of material that actually kind of you know, excite the housewives themselves. Uh, uh, I think um, Angie Katsunavis was on the uh, Twats pod. I saw a clip, I think on TikTok or Instagram. And she told uh, Tamara, you know, the the person who got kicked off the, the traders this past, <laughs> got killed on the traders this past week. She uh, said that, listen, they did not all band together and demand that Monica not come back for another season. But she said that she thought the writing was on the wall. And that's the other thing I think is super interesting, just letting you guys continually know, is that a lot of these cast members are kept in the dark. They don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But I do think that's interesting about Salt Lake in particular is that Heather Gay, I think, probably has a little bit more uh, pull and knows how to work it with production in a way where I think she is potentially more listened to on that cast than any other woman. I think she plays the game beautifully in terms of housewives. I think now though, she has to kind of fight, not fight, but just lay low in terms of fan reaction, because I think a lot of people don't trust her overall gameplay. Like I love, I'm talking about this show like it's the traders, but the more you get into it, the more it is kind of like survivor of who can stay on the Island. The Island being 
the main streets of Salt Lake City. <laughs> okay, back to Beverly Hills and me talking about the excitement that seems to be having happening off camera and not on camera is that Denise Richards, we found out, went to the reunion as well, right? And this is interesting because she was on Jeff Lewis's uh, Sirius XM show last week. Jeff, I mean, wildly had kind of a lot of breaking Bravo news last week. She had Stassi Schroeder on talking about the Valley. Uh, Denise Richards made comments about this season. And then also Kyle Richards on. So it was like a lot of kind of Jeff Lewis exclusives. Um and uh, this is interesting, though. This is a uh, bywig hello drama. I keep name checking this account because I love the account. It really actually keeps me up to date on a lot of things that are going on uh, line because I don't really dig around as much as I used to. But uh, so Denise Richards went on Jeff Lewis and allegedly or not. I mean, you can listen to the show yourself was that she kind of insinuated that she wasn't wasted. It was like the THC dinner. And Denise, we know whether she wants to keep holding on to whatever reality she's holding on to, she was like, it was just bizarre. It was weird. It was weird behavior. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. I hate, I hate that not with Denise Richards, but with all kind of celebrity pop culture is when people lean into something that there is visible, there's visual proof of. Like, it does not help you to keep leaning in. I mean, I do not know where that really helps you with the fans or your credibility at the end of the day. And I don't mind Denise Richards. I do think it was a mistake for her to come back because it was just going to be a mess because I just don't think she has 
what it takes to fully face somebody like Erica, Kyle, any of those ladies verbally. And then if she does herself a disservice showing up a little tipsy or whatever that was, it was not going to make uh, a good scene for her. I mean, it made a good scene for us. It was super wild, bizarre, silly things that we love from our housewives, but overall not great for her. So I guess this, uh, this herbal chef who was the chef at the THC party, he went off, like he went like off, like two page, like Instagram caption about this interview with Denise Richards. And I was like, dude, is it this deep? Like, are we real? But I guess to the herbal chef, it is this deep. So this is the post he writes and just, you know, I'm going to do a voice for him because I'm just tired of my voice. It's like, at Denise Richards, you are such a damn liar, Denise. It's embarrassing and you should be ashamed of yourself. Let me tell you what really happened. Denise walked into Kyle's house absolutely obliterated. Her first learned words to me were, do you know who I am? Followed by a bunch of other gibberish that we could barely make out. In every interview since this episode aired, you acted if you had no idea what was going on. We must have slipped something into your food or bottled water. Really? We went over how the evening would go with you and everyone else at the table, including special specifying how dosage works and that we take our responsibility very seriously, especially when someone would rather abstain from cannabis. It would be detrimental to my business if we left our guests incapacitated. Inca incapacitated, don't you think? See, this could have been such a beautiful moment for cannabis and the positive influence it can have in one's life if, I, if consumed responsibly. We take pride in our work and I have built an unparalleled level of trust with the community and world at large through years of dedication to educating our guests and the curious minds around us through seminars, dinners, expos, and social media. It has been, and he capitalizes this, capitalizes this painstaking to try and showcase the credibility of the science behind cannabis and, it, and its uses. Your feeble ego can't even admit that you have something else going on and arrived under the influence from something else, that you have to try and blame others instead of taking responsibility. Then you have the audacity to say how could at Kyle Richards 18, tags Kyle, throw this party if she's sober, or you think at the pretty mess, Erica Jane, said she was fucked up. You were in another realm and it was only on you because spoiler alert, you have some deep seated issues that you are clearly working through in your own heart. Not surprised one bit that cannabis doesn't agree with you. It has a tendency to mirror one's truest self and the enablers at Jeff Lewis tags Jeff. You should be ashamed of yourself, too. Did you not watch the episode and just felt it was your duty to suck up to every single per person sitting across from you in that chair? C continued. And then he continues in the comments. I'm actually surprised you could even speak with your nose that far up her. Beep. Look, I get that you are trying to stay relevant to this crowd, but it's time to take responsibility and have half, half as much as grace as Kyle and Erica and the rest of the gals on that episode. P.S. Your pink jacket was upside down. Clown emoji. Listen. The herbal chef, do not, I mean, what we're getting, do not fuck with the herbal chef. That's what we get. Do not come for the herbal, do not come for cannabis. That's what we get from this. Holy shit. At the end of the day, I, cannabis uh, it, it has so many uses, right? But it, it's also supposed to be fun. You, this, uh, not fun. This, this is very scary, more scary than, but like, dude, I mean, I, we all kind of know, man. Like, and also the Jeff Lewis of it all, it's, you know, I mean, I do these interviews too. You don't, it's not, you know, it's not Charlie Rose. It's not, I mean, that's a bad example, but it's not, 
you know, you're not like hooked up to a lie detector. It's like, tell me what you were on. Like you are trying to inspire some sort of conversation. And look, this did its duty. People are talking about it to some degree, but like, man, we already know you're in, you're in the clear. Like they're able to like, also do not like Denise. I love that. He's like, Denise Richards ruined cannabis. Her filthy you. Like, I love that. That's how but at the same time, I kind of admire how personally takes cannabis use that this is his bread and butter. But like, man, we're already on your side. Like we already know you like you don't have to go this hard. Um, but uh, I love the this should have been such a beautiful moment for cannabis. Like cannabis needed this. Cannabis has had a rough go of it. Like, no, cannabis is doing great. Come to LA. There's a cannabis, like literally I was hiking the other, it was at the top of Runyon Canyon. There's a cannabis store. Cannabis is everywhere. Cannabis seems to be doing fine, regardless of Denise Richards. And there wasn't a moment where I was like at that TH dinner watching it where I was like, well, I'm never doing, I'm never doing the marijuana again. That's just, oh my God, I'm going to warn everybody about it. This is just, this is, this is too far. This is, cr- no. We all, we all knew, man, we all knew, but to come this hard, I don't know, wild. So I'm guessing this will be talked about at the reunion. Um, but yeah, do the, I mean, the big lesson here, do not fuck with the herbal chef. The herbal chef takes it very seriously. And that's, I mean, it, it, it does. It seems like a fun thing. Are you kidding me? If I was invited to a THC five course dinner? Hell yeah. And also, if I started acting weird, I would have some safe word where somebody would just drag me out. And also, I mean, Denise is just like, Denise won't even give up anything. Like, yeah, you were wearing your coat upside down. Listen, this isn't, yeah, this is like, well, come on. It's fine. You're wearing it upside down. LOL. You were messed up too. So you didn't even realize how upside down that coat was. But we have video proof of all of this, yet we are going to continue to deny. That only makes Denise Richards look bad. And believe me, we see that as an audience. But man, this this put the fear of God in, in, into me about the herbal chef. I was like, holy moly. And then part of me was like, maybe I need to sign up for a dinner. Just be, or maybe I just need to have this guy as my life coach. He seems, like, he seems like be able to get you on track and call out facts. Will we have the herbal chef appearance at the reunion? My God. Okay, we'll get back to Housewives in one sec. Let's go to some other pop culture news. Now, Justin Timberlake was the musical guest on Saturday Night Live this past weekend with Dakota Johnson being the the main guest. Uh, Justin Timberlake still found his way onto sketches. They did the Barry Gibb talk show. Jimmy Fallon came out. And, you know, this leads up to Justin Timberlake's new album. He played two new tracks from this album. Uh, I don't know if you watched it or what you guys think. His new single is called Selfish. And this just, this is another example of just fandom, like at war with each other. And they have their reasons, but it's wild. So his new single is called Selfish. But Britney Spears has a 2011 song called Selfish as well. Now, Britney stands, fans, all of that good stuff. This is an album track from the Femme Fatale album. So her fans started streaming this on iTunes once Justin Timberlake started making his way up the chart. And the fans did this so much that this 2011 Britney Spears song overtook Justin Timberlake on the iTunes charts. They uh, they streamed this, they bought this, uh, they rallied around it and uh, helped elevate it to number one on Friday. 
Now, as of Saturday morning, the song was sitting at number two, while Justin Timberlake's song Selfish was trailing behind at number four. And this is another one of those things, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting because Justin Timberlake also announced his, uh, you know, his tour uh, that is going to be at arenas all across this great nation of ours. And uh, it's weird. Like if you were to go online, I mean, there is so much distaste, disdain for Justin Timberlake. And it's, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see this come into play where, you know, they, they make a Britney Spears song overtake Justin Timberlake. And I, uh, this is, this is a tough one because there are so many things that I think Justin, I mean, Justin Timberlake all in all kind of thinks maybe I, I feel like he might be a little too cocky, but at the same time, where do you stand on this? Do you think it's like, man, fuck that guy. Let us ruin him. He will never come back. And I think that is truly interesting. And I also do wonder what Britney Spears thinks about this. I do wonder, but it's another one of those fandom, like in a way that's great for Britney, right? That's good. It shows the power of her fandom and, you know, her fandom thinking that they're protecting her. But at the end of the day, does this just create more discord, distaste? I mean, does it, does it just put out more negativity because let Justin Timberlake fail on his own. If his music sucks, if the album sucks, that's going to do it, you know, but people coming out so hard against it. I think it creates this weird ripple effect. Um, And especially when I feel like sometimes we don't know all of the ins and outs of everything, but it is wild to watch because they are really putting this huge promotional push behind Justin Timberlake. And also do you ever think about this about pop culture? Is that how much he's aware of? Like, is he aware how much disdain is out there for him online? Or does he have a lot of people around him that's like, hey, JT, yeah. Oh, amazing, man. You're going to bring sexy back again. Yes. Oh, my my man. Like, I wonder how. And also, because if you're Justin Timberlake, think about how long you've been famous. Do you just stay offline entirely? And then who tells him? Who on his team is like, yo, Justin, this uh, this potentially is not working at all. Uh, Yeah, we've got a code red. We have a code red. And in a way, you know, I remember back in the day if Justin Timberlake went on SNL, oh, it was amazing. And oh, it's going to be a great SNL. It's going to be great. Uh, You know, King of the Castle. And it is interesting. You know, it's already hard enough to be a pop male pop star when you're, you know, in your 40s, like or close to. And then to, you know, pay for your past mistakes, your past relationships. I mean, you know, this is Britney related. Thank God Janet Jackson didn't have a song called Selfish as well, or that would be like the second spot. Who knows? I mean, if one day there's going to be just a music festival of everybody that Justin Timberlake has pissed off of like, no to Justin Music Fest 2025, your best artist coming out to destroy Justin Timberlake. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, well, maybe I'm too plugged in. I mean, maybe the mass majority loves this Justin Timberlake. Maybe it's us plugged in people that are the ones that have a real issue. But it is something to keep your eye on, because if they are going back and making 2011 Britney Spears Femme Fatale tracks number one, then this guy might have a real huge problem 
launching a new album and a tour in the year of our Lord 2024. So keep an eye on that. I know I will be keeping an eye on it and I will keep you posted. And by the way, at the end of the day, if this doesn't work, that just means that we will definitely be getting an in-sync reunion. Like there, there's no, he's like, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's. And by the way, what happened to that? I thought we were getting that. I mean, they came out of retirement to the VMAs. Taylor Swift was even freaking out. They did the Trolls soundtrack song, but they couldn't really promote it fully at the time because there was a strike going on. Like, I kind of was excited for NSYNC to actually try. I mean, J.C. Chazé. God, I love J.C. Chazé. I wanted a I wanted a Chazé-isance. I Come on, please. Enough already. Let's let's get these boys back together doing what they do best. Uh, making songs like digital. Oh, this is actually a nice thing. I always kind of complain about the internet, but I want to also point out that you you sometimes read some nice things. Uh, this is from a Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it. Let's just go back to Twitter. Uh, from the account, that's my opinion. Um, she wrote this really nice message to me and the Crappens guys and Danny Pellegrino. I, I just, she said, just want to throw a thank you to what Crappens, Ryan Bailey 25 and Danny Pellegrino for helping me through my darkest times and giving me the comfort I desperately need. I always know I'll smile and I always know it will help keep the bad thoughts away. Truly. I am grateful. And, uh, I, I woke up, you know, Oh my God, you guys on Saturday, I slept 11 on Friday night. I slept 11 hours, 11 hours. Oh my God. And slept 11 hours without any sleep aids. I didn't even take my melatonies. I call them melatonies just to be cute. I didn't even take melatonies. And I slept 11 hours. That might be called depression. <laughs> that, that might, you, if you have, you know, what's better than melatonin depression. Um, anyways, I, I was like, Hey, just woke up and saw this. Thanks for making my day better. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your days. And, uh, she wrote, no, seriously, especially when my mom passed this year. Sorry for your loss as well. Watching you pull through and keep going, helps me remember to keep going too. And then, um, Somebody else, I'm trying to find this one comment, um, but it, well, maybe they deleted their comment. Maybe. Ooh. Okay. Once, once I'm going to try to find Oh, here it is from another account. Uh, Bravo. No getter. Uh, Ryan, your openness about your depression helps me know I'm not alone in mine. Now, if I could just hang out with people in real life, that would help with loneliness. It's really blows me away to, to read these things. Um, and I don't get to read that many of them or I, um, but uh, that it, it, it blows me away and I hope it's okay to read those. You guys, I don't want to uh, blow up your spot, but, um, it's really, it really means so much that anybody would l listen to this and anybody, you know, my, my dream was, Oh, I just want to talk about pop culture, but then, you know, for this other stuff, I it really, it blows me away and it really is so so meaningful in ways that I am, I can't express as I start <laughs> stuttering over my words even more than I usually do. Um, but I also wanted to point out, you know, like it is, you know, being open about depression um, to this other person. Now, if I could just hang out with people in real life, she says, and I'm like, Hey, that's, you know, Hey, don't, I, it's, that's overrated. I rarely do it now. And it's, it's, you, you don't need you, you have the internet, you have podcasts, you're good. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. But no, I get that. But listen... That's it. You know, I get loneliness. I do. And, and by the way, you, you know, sometimes I've been in a crowded room with people I love and still felt lonely. Isn't that a messed up kind of scenario? Um, you know, it really is that one day at a time. And like, I think I was talking about last week, you know, sometimes your just mind does not participate in the way that you want it to participate in. And you just have to kind of remind yourself tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow, my mind will be a little bit more clear. And I really do hold true to that. And it's unfortunate that we have to do things like exercise and take care of ourselves to potentially give ourselves a fighting chance at, you know, just being able to get through the day. But uh, I just wanted to say messages like this. um, It really, really makes me feel so good. It, It really makes me feel so good and not as stupid as sometimes sharing those dark thoughts that I have. And also uh, taking antidepressants and stuff like that helps as well. I actually have a meeting with my psychiatrist tomorrow. Uh, that should be fun. You know, those meetings sometimes, because the, the psychiatrist one, I only have to go in person every couple of months, but then it's like over Zoom, the other ones. And it's always this like, just the that experience of like, how you doing? How you? And this was the psychiatrist that I, when I tried to, uh, that last week with my mom, I was like, man, this is bad, man. I need something. I need something a little bit more. I need something. Uh, I just feel horrible. And he's like, you should feel horrible. And I was like, great point. Great point, doctor. You're, you're right. I should feel horrible. Um, and it is hard sometimes to know that like, yeah, there isn't a pill for everything. And sometimes you have to let yourself uh, go through this. I was talking to uh, Rebecca the other night and she was like, Oh, you know, you know, I had a little bit of a bad moment on uh, Saturday after that 11 hours of sleep uh, because I had this really bad. Dr- and by the way, you guys, you uh, Skipper had five minutes and you can get to the pop culture stories if you need to. Um, I had this really fucked up dream in that 11 hours of sleep. And it's so weird. You know how dreams just make no sense, but this dream was wild because I found out I was in New York. I was at watch what happens live. 
and I got told that I had cancer. I got told that I had cancer and I was like, is it bad? Is it do, you know, it was like, oh, it's bad. And I was like, oh no, I was like, oh great. And then all of a sudden I was in Los Angeles and I was performing, <laughs> was performing the play Angels in America, which is, you know, a play that means a lot to me by Tony Kushner from like 25 years ago or something. Um, I was performing it, but I was performing a full production at the Hollywood bowl, which would just be a horrible place to see angels in America for so many reasons. And my mom was still alive, but I didn't know how to break it to my mom, but I was expecting her to be at the Hollywood bowl performance of angels in America. And I was in the audience doing crowd work because, you know, that's of course a huge part of angels in America where you just go in the crowd. I know, I don't know why I was doing crowd work and there was like celebrities in the crowd. I was like, Oh my God, Rod Stewart's here. Wow. That's cool. Um, you know, which by the way, was one of my mom's favorite musical artists. And then I noticed as I was, you know, clocking the 15,000 people that in the Hollywood bowl, I didn't see my mom. I didn't see my wife. Why wasn't mom there? And I was like, I I'm, I'm, I have cancer right now. Like I have cancer and I'm doing this. Where is my mom? And, uh, I called them, I guess on the backstage phone or something. And, you know, my mom was still with us. And I said, mom, where, where are you? And then she was like, well, I'm sick too. And I was like, yeah, but I still thought you'd be here. It guys, it makes no sense even in saying it out loud again. And it was so messed up, but it was one of those. It like rattled me, you know, like where you're just like rattled where you're like, Oh God. And you, you're trying to shake this dream off. And it was just so weird. Anyways, I was talking to Rebecca and she was saying, uh, you know, I think, you know, I've always talked about that last week with my mom and how intense it was on this whole other grand scale that I've not really been able to share with people uh, a little bit here and there, but just like the visuals and, you know, and, and we joke about putsta, putsta, Dorit's, I've got PTSD is that, you know, it's like, oh, maybe you have a little bit of PTSD and I'm kind of that stubborn male. Oh, I don't have no bad PTSD, but I do think there are certain elements of this as, you know, we're past it five months that kind of sat with me in some really weird ways where I'm just like, damn, you know, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I forgot about that, that I was actually going to. So thanks for letting me share that with you. Okay. Back to these crazy housewives. Okay. So this actually uh trigger warning, we will talk about sexual assault in regards to real housewives, ultimate girls trip. Um, so they already filmed a real housewives ultimate girls trip that you, you know, we all know they filmed it It's all done, but there is now a lawsuit. Uh, Caroline Manzo is suing Bravo. We mentioned this briefly last week, but we'll get a little bit more into it right now. Uh, this, uh, is from you, the smart girl via real housewives, Reddit. Uh, once again, by wig, hello drama is where I read this. I want to give full credit to those creators, um, and it's really disturbing to actually read the transcript uh, uh, in these court documents in regards to what happened. But you remember they were, it was like Phaedra, Brandy, Caroline, um, Alex McCord was back. And we will, you know, unless a miracle happens. And at this point, there's so much bad vibes with this that I don't even know if a miracle is the right word. I don't think this will ever, ever ever see the light of day. And that's why they did the ultimate girls trip Roni, which was supposed to be after this girl's trip. And um, that notion, I'm curious if we'll ever see some ultimate girls trip again, because there just seems to be so many legalities involved 
And, you know, so many, I don't know if corporate secrets or maybe trade secrets is the, the word, you know, so many things of how these productions are put together are revealed sometimes in these documents that it really is just, I think, a PR nightmare, uh, you know, across the board. But Caroline Manzo, it's really interesting, too, because to me, one of the strongest um, mental mentally how like a housewife that she always seemed very mentally strong and very you know uh you know us family we are thick as thieves like don't mess with caroline manzo so there was this incident that happened with brandy glanville suppose supposedly according to caroline manzo she felt sexually assaulted by brandy glanville now brandy glanville this whole time is like what the fuck is up i'm doing my job i've been encouraged to do my job i want to work and Brandy Glanville seems like she always is going through something herself. And it's like one of those things where I also feel like if you're going to be on reality shows, I feel like at this point, people need to make sure that everybody has degrees. Everybody has a backup job because I just don't want people going into these things thinking that they're going to be millionaires and set up for life when they just need another job at the end of the day. It's like people coming out of the NFL in a way. It's like, how much money have you saved up? And do you have another career in front of you? Because the glory days of the NFL are gone. And, you know, you, you, you can only go to this well so many times and there's so many housewives, so many bachelor and bachelorette contestants, so many reality stars all going for these same brand deals. So it's really just a mess out of the gate, but this is directly from the court documents describing the scenario. Manzo walked on set and into the film shoot. Manzo made a conscious effort to be kind to Glanville in order to move past the argument between Glanville and Manzo. I guess that was a, a an earlier scene. While on set, Manzo approached the bar to have a drink. Immediately, Manzo noticed that the castmates were drinking and some castmates appeared intoxicated. Throughout the trip, the other housewives would frequently comment to Manzo that she had large breasts. Cast members asked Manzo, are they real or fake? Later that, and by the way, just remember, Caroline Manzo has not been on a Real Housewife show in a long time before going on Ultimate Girls Trip. And that was another thing of like going into like kind of a UFC cage match all of the sudden. After, you know, like back in her day, she had Teresa with the table and all of this stuff. But I think Housewives has gotten even more intense. It's like Housewives on steroids now. So anyways, um, later that evening, Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Oh, wow. We just had the year anniversary. Manzo and her castmates retreated to a couch near the bar to watch a snake handler. Like what the, where did a snake handler? Clearly intoxicated, Glanville walked over to Manzo, spread Manzo's legs, and leaned into Manzo. She then laid her head on Manzo's inner thigh. Manzo pulled away and moved to the end of the couch. Manzo is five feet tall in height compared to Glanville, who is close to six feet tall. Exerting her dominance over Manzo, Manzo Glanville, Glanville followed Manzo and sat right next to Manzo on the couch. Glanville proceeded to kiss Manzo with a closed mouth. Glanville then kissed Manzo again. Manzo was very uncomfortable. Glanville then proceeded to mount Manzo on the couch, holding Manzo down with her body, forcibly squeezed Manzo's cheeks together and thrust her tongue in Manzo's mouth while humping her. Manzo tried to push Glanville off of her body. However, Glanville was restraining Manzo with her much greater weight, size, and strength and was unable to free herself. Eventually, Manzo was finally able to break free from Glanville. Manzo, distraught, scared and confused, got up from the couch. She went over to hold one of the snakes in order to distract herself from the assault that just occurred. My God, the snake thing just keeps bringing me completely out of it. Like, oh yeah, go hold a snake for comfort. Like, what? 
Manzo tried to remain as calm as she could, all the while trying to comprehend what had just happened. When Manzo was seven years old, she was sexually assaulted. Glanville's sexual assault made all of those dormant and horrific memories immediately resurface. Manzo again felt like she was seven years old and began to relive her previous sexual assaults in the context of this sexual assault. She was in a state of shock. Manzo, overcome and distraught, then went to the bathroom to wash her hands. Brandy Glanville, Gretchen Rossi, Alex McCord, Caroline Manzo. Oh, by the way, it, the court paper is wrong. It says Gre- Gretchen Rossi, housewife of New York. No, Gretchen Rossi, housewife of OC. Regard, it, it, little slip up. Alex McCord, housewife of New York, and Caroline Manzo walked into the bathroom as, at the same time. As Manzo stood at the sink washing her hands, Glanville entered the bathroom and came behind Manzo, forced her vagina against Manzo's buttocks, breasts against Manzo's back, wrapped her long arms around Manzo, forcibly restraining her, and began washing her hands with Manzo's hands entwined. Immediately, Manzo tried to exit the bathroom. The bathroom door was locked. Glanville pinned Manzo's body against the door. Glanville pressed her breasts and vagina against Manzo. Manzo tried to unlock the door but could not get out. Glanville repeatedly hit Manzo's hand away from the door lock. Glanville then reached around Manzo's body and then groped, grabbed, and forcibly fondled Manzo's vagina and breasts. At the same time, Glanville pushed her face into Manzo's neck in order to kiss her. From inside the bathroom, Manzo cried, help, 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 but no one ever came. Defendants' producers are listening to the interaction on audio and even send one of them to the bathroom door to investigate, but he never opened the door or took any other action to intervene and stop the sexual assault. Manzo, visibly shaken, was finally let out of the bathroom after Alex McCord saw what happened and unlocked the bathroom door so Manzo could leave. After the sexual assault, Manzo, clearly shaken, tried to gather herself together, all the while thinking to herself, you are here to do your job, do your job, and proceeded to the dining room for dinner. At the dinner table, as Manzo was trying to regain her composure, defendant's employee, Glanville, screamed across the table to a crew member producer named Laser, a married man, saying, I want to fuck you. So now... Glanville is what they're alleging in these documents is that, you know, she was obviously so inebriated that she even yelled at a crew guy that he, she wanted to fuck him, even though he was married. Manzo proceeded to get up from the table to use the bathroom. Once again, Glanville tried to go into the bathroom twice that night again with Manzo. Glanville said, I'm going with you. You've had too much to drink. Manzo stated she was not intoxicated and that she was fine. Glanville started massaging Manzo's breasts and Manzo objected, telling Glanville, I think it's time for you to leave. Manzo stated, I got abused. At one point, Ava, Eva, another cast member stated, Brandy is over accosting her and she wants it to stop referring to Manzo. Defendants continued filming plaintiff throughout, even though she was in distress from the sexual assaults. That is, that is, that is wild. That is, that is really very graphic. Um, And, you know, I just want to remind people, Caroline Manzo is not suing Brandy, suing Bravo, saying that they put her in that situation and that they didn't do anything about it. And I would imagine that they do have footage of some of these, if not all of these events, and they do have audio. And I'm wondering, obviously, that will be part of this case. But this is this is very, uh, I mean, that's really, really wild. And, and, you know, Brandy, I'm sure, will tell her side of the story if she is called as, uh, I mean, what is it? Would it be a witness in this? Um, 
But it's hard though, because, you know, I remember covering ultimate girls trip with, with Brandy and, and, you know, I've said the same thing about Brandy all the time. Like, man, she's provided so many housewife moments, but at the same time, I don't think anybody could argue that this person has a problem with alcohol. And I don't know if that's bad. Uh, I don't want to get people saying like, oh, we can't diagnose or something, but like, just from a bystander's point of view, it seems like bad things happen when she drinks. And I don't know if that's okay to say, but also maybe we should just say the things, even if they're like, it seems like it, it's not, there's bad things that seem to happen, but it is hard though, because you're like, you know, us as fans, like sometimes we encourage that behavior. Like, oh, we want the mess. We want that. But man, when, when you hear it, that, and when you hear, you know, Caroline being triggered about a past assault, it becomes this whole different story where, I, I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, if uh, NBC Universal or Bravo will have to settle out of court. So this doesn't go to court. Um, there are so many ins and outs. And remember, we only know just from these court documents. We don't know anything else. We don't know the defense. We don't know any of that. So this, I'm just reading you these uh, documents that were put out there. Um, but I do know that they do have a lot of, you know, standards and structures put in place. I also wonder though, in the moment, and if Caroline was able to continue filming and I'm not trying to make excuses, but I also wonder if that played a part into it too, where people were like, okay, she's fine. She's fine. Everybody knows how Brandy is. Everybody knows how Brandy is. And this is going to be interesting. And this will be interesting to see what comes of this. Uh, and I, that's why I say, I think there's a good chance we might not see ultimate girls trip, you know, I'm curious if this will keep going in any sort of form. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard when they have these caricatures set up and then they get too into their caricature of themselves and bad things seem to happen. And I do believe in a world where stuff like this does not need to happen. And you still have an amazing, amazing show. Okay. Uh, moving on this, uh, this seems like it's a, this seems like it's like a, this seems like it's a story that I made up as a funny meme, but it, it allegedly is real. I'm just going to keep saying allegedly after everything is that, uh, uh, Freddie Mellencamp and Tamra Bar- Tamra judge, uh, from the Twats, the two teas in a pod wildly successful. They just had their first live show. Um, and Tamra even did a little, the traders spinoff, which congratulations, but they announced and they have artwork for the Eds, the Eds, their husbands, Eddie and Ed, Eddie and Edward, the two Eds, they're having a podcast called the Eds. They're doing a podcast called the Eds. And, the, you know, I checked the calendar. It is not April 1st. Also, I don't know if anybody was short-sighted enough to realize that the Eds kind of like is ED, which is erectile dysfunction, which by the way, if this is an erectile dysfunction podcast, that's a hit. That's straight out of the gate. That's number one. I'm hell. Yeah. Talking to two of these Ed guys about their ED. Hell yeah. Erectile dysfunction for the win. But it's also, I, this was my joke. The, the picture literally looks like two guys creeping on some girl at a bar. Like, Hey, we saw you from across the bar and dig your vibe. Would you, (laughs) We, we were looking for a third. Like It's one of these weird things. But I will say, this is how successful the Twats pod is, is that they are, you know, iHeart is probably saying, yeah, give us what you got. Give us some spinoffs. And they're probably like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Now, is the Eds too far? I posted this and I said, listen, I'm going to listen to the first episode because I will. And I'll tell, I'll talk to you guys about it. Will you guys be tuning in for the Eds? Um, you know, I think Freddie and Tamara, they've got a good little thing going, right? That's, that's really big. 
But are we going to go? I mean, is the Twats audience so strong that they're like, we are thirsting for the Eds? And what are the Eds talk? I mean, like the Eds aren't housewives. So did they talk about housewives? Is like Eddie talk about like gym life or I mean, what? I'm so confused. And I don't know, maybe audience reaction is going to be so powerful that they'll be like, oh, it's just a joke. It was just a joke, you guys. But it shows you how popular the Twatch Pod is that they are potentially getting opportunities to make spinoffs. But I don't know. This gave me a chuckle. This gave me a laugh. And I do think in this day and age, even if you have this platform, doesn't mean that everybody is built or meant to do podcasting. But what's great about podcasting is if you're good at it, then it's good. Like if these two guys are magic around each other, then it's like, perfect. We'll hear it. We'll listen. It'll take on a life of its own. But I will say more often than not, you get a lot of people that get these opportunities and they're just not, there's just, there's nothing there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, uh, I've been requested to recap a couple of the other Rachel Goes Rogue podcasts. So I think, you know, I've got such a full lineup here that I might put that over on Patreon um, and go through her episodes that uh, a couple of people requested. So I think I'm going to be doing that, um, but we'll see. But yeah, the ads, I, I was like, oh, wow, that's really wild. Also, uh, we are now in Oscar... I did all the Oscar nominations last week, uh, shared that Bradley Cooper was spotted with his, uh, his girl. I mean, I think Gigi Hadid is his girlfriend is his girlfriend. Like they were spotted out and about the, the one thing that Bradley Cooper, it was very painful though, is that Bradley Cooper is walking around. Did you see the hat he was wearing on the streets with Gigi? It, it was like, I was like, Gigi was like, I, I mean, Come on, Gigi, you can't like say this is not a good look. It was like this babushka. It was like this really weird, funky hat. And that's okay, fine. You can throw one weird, funky thing in. But then if you look down at his pants, there were like these blue camo pants. And I was like, dude, you get one crazy little outfit thing or maybe like a jewelry accoutrement. But like you can't do the weird fucking hat and then the weird pants. It just you're Bradley Cooper. You're not weird dresser, man. Come on. You're not that guy. You're Bradley Cooper. Come on. You're a good looking guy. Don't try to weird it up. Don't try to. The hat is one. I'll go with the hat. But then you look down at the pants and you're like, what is it? What is it? Fucking Bozo the Clown? Come on, Bradley. Let's get. I, I am petitioning to get Bradley Cooper to grow the Star is Born beard again. That I feel like is the only thing that can make up for this. And I think it'll be good for Oscar promotion for his movie Maestro, which was so heavily nominated. Um, which uh, you guys should check out and let me know what you think of that. Uh, listen, oh gosh, we have so many other stories here, but I've already gone 52 minutes. Uh, the Valley, you guys, The Valley, the Vanderpump Rules spinoff, we have a release date for The Valley. Allegedly, the release date's going to be March 19th. Kristen Doty said on her podcast that uh, March 19th would be the season premiere of The Valley. So get ready for that. Um, and yeah, remember below deck, we finished below deck this past season with captain Sandy. 
And then the new season of Below Deck without Captain Lee, unfortunately, will start next Monday. So you have that to look forward to next Monday. And then also remember this Sunday, not to, you know, next Sunday you have the Grammys. And there's a couple really exciting things for somebody like me. Um, Joni Mitchell, Joni, uh, Joni Mitchell is a fucking legend. If you don't go listen to a case of you right now, what is right? I mean, Joni Mitchell is a legend. She is going to be performing live at the Grammys for the first time in her career. And Joni Mitchell has had a lot of health scares and had multiple strokes. And, you know, I think she has to sit down when she performs. She's been doing a, a couple of concerts over the last year with Brandy Carlisle and Brandy Carlisle brought her back. But Joni Mitchell is a damn legend. And to, 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 it means so much as a music lover to, I can't wait to witness that moment. And the other exciting thing is Billy Joel. Billy Joel will be performing live at the Grammys and not just performing live. He will be performing his first new song in decades. That's right, folks. Billy Joel, who is the piano man and he has so many Grammys and so many hits, but he has not released a new song. He's always toured on his back catalog, which is just the best back catalog you can possibly ever have. But he is going to be performing his new single, which comes out February 1st, called Turn the Lights Back On. Um, it will be released three days before the Grammys, and then he will be performing this live. I mean, my fear is like, what if this song sucks? Like, what if, what if he's at the Grammys? He's like, this ain't working. I mean, if you're Billy, you just go to the piano. He's like, let's just start playing Piano Man. Let's just, let's do it. Piano Man, baby. Oh my God. One of my favorite, uh, I think it was Chuck Clusterman, the author. Um, I think there was an essay he wrote about Billy Joel. I think this is him where he said, the amount of pressure Billy Joel must feel when he goes to any party and there's a piano there. Because if you're Billy Joel, you're the piano man. There's that obvious like, oh, you know, because then people are like, I got a piano. Like, you're you're not wanting to make the suggestion to Billy Joel. Like, could you sit down? But you're like, at the same time, you're hoping if Billy Joel's at your house and there's a piano that he just wants, he gravitates towards the piano because that would just be a legendary, like Billy Joel played this Steinway. Billy Joel played my shitty keyboard while he was here. And just Billy Joel walking into a party must just have like, just be so bummed out when there is a piano there when he's like, oh, fuck. They're going to expect me to play just the amount of pressure that Billy Joel feels every time that's around. Um, okay. We got the Valley. Remember Vanderpump rules starts this Tuesday. Um, oh yeah. I got to do the Nikki Megan thing. We'll end it with the Nikki Megan thing. Oof, okay. Nikki Minaj, Megan. Okay. So Nikki Minaj and Megan, the stallion were like, cool. They were cool. They were supporting each other. And you know, Nikki Minaj, I think obviously, is, you know, such an important person in hip hop, but also female hip hop. If you listen to the show, um, I've said multiple times, her verse on Kanye West monster is one of the best verses, not even by a female rapper, by a rapper period that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you know, that I, I mean, it even like, it is one of the most vicious, amazing artistic, like accomplishments this verse that she does on the song Mar monster, just the vocal range, the character, the, I mean, just the amount of passion that is in this verse. I mean, just blow. Cause like Jay Z's on that track, like all the, she blows them all out of the water with this verse. And I mean, that was the first time that I was like, Holy shit. Cause yeah, she has like the hits like starships and all that stuff, but that monster verse, Holy moly. So anyways, um, it's gotten petty. It's gotten crazy. So there's been some back and forths. Uh, you know, I want to credit the talk of shame. Um, I, I also, you know, I followed the Nicki Minaj drama all weekend, but I don't do videos like this, but 
the talk of shame posted this. Now this is kind of the skinny, a little bit of it, even though it's just blown up so much, mainly on Nicki Minaj's side because she has not stopped tweeting and firing back at people in regards to this. So Nikki did a feature for Megan the Stallion a while back. Then Nikki claims that Megan told her to get an abortion so she could drink alcohol, which Meg denies saying. Okay, so we don't know the context of that. Nikki also says Meg didn't congratulate Nikki on her new baby. Don't know if that's true. Nikki made a reference to Tory Lanez on her Pink Friday 2 album with the line, stay in your Tory Lane, bitch. I'm not Iggy. Now that is reference to Iggy Azalea because Iggy Azalea, remember, was, uh, you know, somebody that wrote a letter of, you know, uh, you know, a letter in support of Tory Lanez to the judge, Tory Lanez serving time behind jail for um, shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. So anyways, stay in your Tory Lane, bitch. I'm not Iggy. Meg took the Tory mention as a diss since Tory shot Meg in the foot. Okay, so this is wild. Instead of like a call or a text, we when we communicate through verses in songs, that's always seems to be bad news. Um, now Meg just dropped her song Hiss the other day with the line, these hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law. Now, this is where it gets, you know, this is just, it's a verse. She took a shot. That's a, that's a harsh shot, but it could be answered in another song by Nikki and kept this played out. Anyways, Megan's law, the reason this is offensive potentially to Nikki Minaj, Megan's law refers to a law where sex offenders have to register. And Nikki's husband, if you do not know, and her brother are both convicted sex offenders. So now uh, there's just been nonstop rants uh, going on IG lives uh, this was, I think, started Friday night. Like she was just, she's been going nonstop and saying she plans to release a track called Bigfoot. Now, Bigfoot would be in reference to the foot that, you know, Tori shot. And she was also, you know, in her tweets calling her like fragment foot because there was like bullet fragments in Meg's foot. So this is like just an example of a tweet that Nicki Minaj released. You must be dumb like Bigfoot. Went to college and claimed she didn't understand her contract. Dumb bitch. This scary hoe and her team told the producers she's been fucking and sucking to not clear a beat song I've had for six years when they were on dick begging me to use it. She doesn't want my song to come out. I posted the song weeks ago and I liked different female rappers tweets who wanted to be a part of it. This non-talented big fucking foot who has no musical direction tried to beat me to it by asking... Stick, I don't know what that means to make a beat for her by herself. But since party left, the rap sucked 10 times more. It's like begging Megan when she's on her third bottle of Henny sipping through the straw. She let her friend come on Twitter and talk about the way her ex best friend's newborn baby looks. Ask yourself why she don't want that song out after she just told people they wouldn't respond. She knows it's the most attention her funky butt will ever get in again in life. And she does not want to have real competition. Ask yourself why never mind. Eat a dick. Oh, hashtag pink Friday two equals platinum. And then she does a foot emoji and then crying, laughing emojis. And now this, this track Bigfoot, you know, she's already postponed the release. It was supposed to be out by like noon today. And now it says it's going to be like nine tonight. Uh, we'll see. It should be out here in eight minutes. We'll see. But like, my God, it is not worth this. Like Nikki seems so pressed over a verse, over a two lines in a verse. And Nikki, like, do not mess with Nikki Minaj. But at the same time, don't mess with her fans, the Barb's, because we've had people being doxxed online for giving their opinions of this Nicki Minaj thing. And also a lot of Barb's are really almost kind of at their wits in with Nicki Minaj because it's just too far. 
She's pulling it too far. I mean, she was out there complimenting Ben Shapiro's rap that he released this weekend. And people are like, it's just too far, Nikki. I mean, people are genuinely worried about Nikki, but I, I can assure you this is not the way to go. We do not need to start a war about this. Um, I did want to post this or uh, make you guys, make you guys, <laughs> have you listen to this uh, this TikTok. This is from the account. Um, one second. So this is from account uh, Philly.diva, uh, a great Bravo account, a great creator. Um, this is uh, she reposted uh, this kid at Bellatown's TikTok commenting on this Nicki Minaj situation. But I think it kind of puts out a lot of things in regards to this story that might make a little bit more sense. There is language in this. So I think you guys know at this point there's language in a lot of my shows. So listen to this, you guys. Especially the Dr. Seuss of her time. And what I mean when I say that is she's objectively a disgusting and reprehensible person by pretty much all metrics of basic humanity and common decency. Yet her one singular talent that appears to be an innate ability to rhyme words together in a silly fashion that particularly resonates with children has cemented her with a legacy she really does not deserve as much as many female rappers who came before her. In case you're not already up to date, the self-proclaimed queen of rape has spent the past 24 hours deflecting from the fact that her husband is a convicted sexual predator who is not allowed near public parks or elementary schools by making fun of Megan the Stallion for getting shot, as well as referring to her as Bigfoot. It's always amusing to me how Nicki Minaj immediately jumps to making fun of other people's appearances, as if she didn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in 2008 getting illegal Craigslist butt injections from some guy in his basement. And not just that, he lied about for 10 years and only confessed after her ass cheeks were visibly deflating in public and everybody could already tell. And listen, I'm not at all reveling in the fact that she's a terrible person. I was a very big Nicki Minaj fan growing up. Ask anybody who went to middle school with me. I loved her so much. I would defend her to anybody who would listen. I saw her doing that. And I was like, huh, finally some real music. However, around 2018, when she started intentionally surrounding herself with sex offenders, I kind of fell off the wagon. She was announcing her associations with them fast than she was dropping new music. And it's always especially humorous to me when I see Nicki Minaj as well as her fans attempt to defend her by saying, you only attack the men she associates with for being sexual predators because you don't have anything on her to differ barbs because not only are we talking about a woman who once gave a lap dance to a 13 year old boy we're talking about a woman who once made a song with a then 16 year old little twist in which she says these lyrics in conclusion yeah these uh She's going to hell. Let's hope all that silicone doesn't release too many toxic fumes while she's burning. Okay, that's uh, that is uh, man, that is roasted. Um, by the way, that kid looks like he's like in his early twenties. If you watch the video, my, I mean, the the most alarming part of that was like, yeah, man, in middle school, I was like, oh, but that's you know, there's so many kids consuming this music. But then this kid put this out on TikTok. And it blew up. It went viral. And then the Barb's, that's what they call Nicki Minaj fans, they doxed this kid. They contacted family, anybody associated with him. He had to call the cops. He had to actually uh, make another video where he was like, hey, she ain't that bad. Like, come on, just leave my family out of this. Leave my family out of this. Our fandoms are starting to go way too far. I mean, that's like the, you know, we got the Britney and Justin, we got the Taylor hate, we got this, we got that. I mean, like, but that's scary, man. Like Nicki Minaj, like, I don't know what, what 
this this doesn't have to happen. You do, we can all we can all play in the sandbox. Oh my god, that just got my BPMs up. But that's pop culture for you in the year 2024. So, okay, you guys, what a roundup that was. And now we have a beautiful interview with one of my favorites, Nicole Travolta. You are, I know you are going to laugh at this. We talk a lot about, uh, we talk about the White Lotus. We talk about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. We talk about sex in the city. We talk about Che Diaz. And towards the end, I actually uh, give some facts about streaming data that I discovered this weekend that I think will blow your mind in terms of who is winning the streaming wars. But I really strongly suggest for you to get tickets in the Culture Volta's One Woman Show. I'll put that in the show notes. And this was a supersized one. And I know sometimes you guys like those. So have a great Monday. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for supporting me. Just make sure you keep, uh, you know, checking out the old episodes or just putting them in a playlist and just running through them. I don't know. But thank you for all of your support. I appreciate it. Uh, Vanderpump Rules Week. We start. We begin another journey. Okay, bye. Here, here is the one, the only, Nicole Travolta. Folks, welcome to another week. Oh my God, right now it's Monday, it's bright and shiny, and you have the whole week ahead of you. I mean, this could be the week for you. So let's start with a great attitude as we talk about some of the most ridiculous aspects of pop culture and reality shows, giving you a little bit of what to watch this week and and a lot of the craziness that's going on in pop culture right now. Uh, Sophie is every other week, so I get to have somebody that I really love fill in on those uh, Mondays that she's not here. So we have a returning guest today. I think she is so insanely talented. Uh, her impressions are second to none, but she also has a one woman show. I don't know if you call it one man show, one woman show. It's a one actor show that I've seen over at the Groundlings Theater, but this thing has kind of caught fire in the last couple of years. And if you live in New York, I highly recommend getting tickets because she's starting at the Soho Playhouse on February 14th through the 24th, uh, it is a really great night of comedy. It'll make you think a little bit. There's a lit. I mean, it's just a great show overall. But besides that, she's just hysterical. So, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Nicole Travolta back with oh, us. Oh, God, what an introduction. I right. listen, you're going you're going near Broadway now. What the I'm hell is happening? Off, I don't know. I'm going off Broadway. So I'm like one step <laughs> closer to Broadway, you know? But it's really cool. I mean, Soho is, yeah, I mean, we're talking like 20 block, 20, 30 blocks. You could you could spit on Broadway from there. I could spit on Broadway. It's so funny because Soho Playhouse was on I'm a vision board girl. Dude, you I got, I gotta be. No, I want to be a vision board girl. I had um, uh, Serena Kerrigan on, and she was singing the praises of vision boarding. And it's one of those things. Could take me through these vision boards that you okay. do. So, so I actually my vision board this year. Um, her this amazing woman. Oh gosh, and I'm gonna not remember her last name right now. But her name is Rocky. Sounds like she really made an impact on you, oh, Nicole. She's wow. Really She's, I'm so inspired by her, but don't remember that. It's so rude and embarrassing. She does these really great vision boards. I actually did like a vision boarding course with her on January 1st. Wait, of this year? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. It's January 30th. Are you telling me you put this on your vision board and within you're already on off Broadway? No. So, but I put, so I've done, I've done vision boarding a few different ways and this year, I did it totally different than anything that I've ever done before. But I will say, I think it's just the act of doing it. And then yeah. the trick is like doing it and letting it go. But I put Soho Playhouse on my vision board because Soho Playhouse is actually the home of where Fleabag 
was oh the the the, the Phoebe Waller Bridge why? show that turned into the Amazon series. Why? Where, yeah, and that's really like my that's my dream for this is to turn it into. I just I believe that the story gives itself to a scripted series. In my it does it, no it, it actually does. I've seen this show, and by the way, by the when I saw it, I think it was one of your initial runs at the Groundlings. Has it gone through a bunch of changes? Because I know one of the last times I talked to you, you had just done the, uh, you went overseas with this thing, yes. and you were at the uh, the what the festival, um, Fringe Festival, the Fringe it. Festival, yeah. which I would put that on my vision board if I were making them. So, uh, has it gone through a lot of changes through the beginning? Yeah, I think that there there's so many different things and then we've we've restructured it a little bit. And then I think, you know, the the whole point of it is that, you know, in, in, in Nicole Travolta is doing all right, but it's like constantly a work in progress, right? So I think the the there can be so many different reiterations of it, but after it hits the New York market and then I think we'll really start sort of messing with things and probably yeah. adding more things and taking away other things. But the base of the story stayed the same, but we definitely tinkered with it, especially at Fringe because Scotland, you're, you have a different, it's such an American show, right? Like it's yeah. Very- and there's by the, and by the way, just there's like all these American pop culture references. Sex in the city is referred yeah. to a lot. I mean, there you know, which that's what I mean. We all kind of are shaped by pop culture, and yeah. I think especially if you are trying to be an actor or somebody in the arts, you have to pay attention to pop culture. Especially your whole story is kind of Los Angeles based. It's totally Los Angeles based, and it's so funny because I actually am rewatching Sex in the City right now. I always think because that's really how you and I met is because of this. Yeah. By the way, you guys, when she first came on, we were talking about and just like that. And and by the way, Nicole, I do need your thoughts on they they allegedly have killed off Che Diaz. Che Diaz is gone. Talk about this. It's very. (laughs) This is very important. I was sent this from the Daily Mail about that that clip. Like I think twenty times. Is it, it what what do we think the reason it there are say I I I don't okay. know well we talked well, so I talked about this last week so Che Diaz the actor uh they think it's because of their political views but then an unnamed source immediately hit back in the Daily Mail and said no it's just a horrid character that's ran its course and I was like that's effing brutal because people not from you know it's like it's so hard to get a job and then the slings and arrows that the character Che Diaz went through in terms of the public reception because listen I've made fun of Che Diaz from the moment they've sat foot on that because it's just a very like they threw everything against the wall with that character and it just became sometimes unbearable but I kind of at that point was like okay two seasons in I guess we just have to accept Che Diaz even though I didn't know how they were going to make it work if they were not dating uh what's her name anymore Miranda Miranda they were not dating Miranda I was like how do you keep Che Diaz on the show well, that's what I was really confused about too. Is that I when we were wa- when I was watching last season, I'm like, how does this work? Is she just going to be, or there is, are they going to be one of the friends, or how are they going to stay and the have their character evolve? You know, it's just yeah. I don't know, uh, but but <laughs> I find them to be one of the most. It's a very annoying character, and I about died when that article came out. Yeah, well, I mean, in in going back and rewatching Sex in the City, when I've gone back, it, it sometimes it 
it's funny, like when you revisit pop culture that really influenced you, sometimes it really still like lands. And sometimes yeah. you're like, we've moved so far beyond this because even, and just like that is, uh, you know, you can tell the DNA of those original characters there, but it's not the same show at all. Like it's not shot the same. They treat and just like that, like a cinematic movie and, and sex in the city was kind of like quick paced, like really funny and followed a very like pattern formula at a certain point. Yes. And that's what it, it, that show for me, even watching it today, it still hits so good. That show, I, it, it, there, there, it, you are sucked right back into it, the pacing of it, the everything. And that's, I really wish they would have kept some of that for, and just like that. And I know that they're saying that they're in different phases of their lives and whatever, but it almost just, it lost something so much for me. But when I'm rewatching that show, and I think about my show in my life and how you say in real life, we are, you know, living by pop culture. I yeah. look at Carrie Bradshaw and the struggles she's she had with her finances, relationship. <laughs> like it's very relatable to me. And I'm like, oh yeah. I am really Carrie Bradshaw. Well, and that's part of your show. And by the way, we'll get into the, the actual pop culture news in a second, you guys. But I do want to talk about the aspect of the show is that you racked up quite a like a quite a big deal of uh, a, a big amount of credit card debt. And that's yes. part of your show. How much was at your highest in terms of what you owed to credit card companies? I think it was mind. about 40. I mean, it was literally $45,000 of, but it was mall debt. Like, and it wasn't like, you what know, is mall debt? What is mall debt? Is that like structure? Shop, like basically shopping. It was all shopping debt, you know? So it was bags and purses. And, you know, I had a credit card to every store that you could have ever I had 12, 12 maxed out credit cards. Yeah. And, and, and I, what was your favorite? Oh God. I mean, Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus. I had a Home Depot credit card. I, my, <laughs> I don't build things. I build nothing. I don't paint anything. Wait, so what was the Home Depot card for? Like, they why would you, what would possess on, you? They were having a sale on Christmas items. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's you know? nice. Yeah. yeah. And it was like 10% off. It's like, the way that I wanted to get that 10% off of every store, like it's essentially saving you uh, 30 bucks. Like, but you know, it's, that's what I think is so for me is that this isn't talked about a lot, that type of spending and where that comes from and where, you know, your the addiction to it of making you feel that like, I really felt that I was, a better, more likable Nicole with the stuff. The oh, facade. oh, completely. And it's, Wait, so and it's, and it, it, it was, it was me hiding, pushing so much down. And I, it's like, now that that's all gone, it's, it feels so freeing to actually be me. Who's a weirdo that wears wigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the way, you found your true love. And, and I, I, I want to say like, you are, you know, you, you know, you, have made the Hollywood rounds in terms of auditioning. You've been on shows. You were, uh, uh, you know, you, you had a recurring character on a, the, the Charlie Sheen sitcom. Yeah. I remember like you've been around Hollywood, but I think people, uh, always mistake. Like if you book a show, you're all automatically a millionaire and there's just not like, not even anywhere in the ballpark of it. No. But like, 
when you pull yourself out of that and find your true love, do you still find like, did, did the, did the credit card still come calling? Do you go to the mall? I mean, is there, is there a triggering effect that you have around goods and services? I will be totally honest with you. Yes, there is to a point, but, and I don't know if this is just because I've done so much truly work on myself to get through that, that I feel so much happier without feeling the need for all that stuff. And I feel like I've found love in doing, being myself and, and finding, you know, things that I love doing and experiences as opposed to things. Like, of course, I still love, like, I would be lying to you if I wouldn't tell you that I would love to walk into a Chanel store and buy a bag. But like, it's not that thing of like, if I don't have this, then I'm nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, I think like also, even in addition to the show, you should consider being a cult leader. I think this is how good cult leaders start. Like you, I was watching that docu-series over, um, the holidays that uh mother god or mother did, did you see that the love no, love is one I need to watch where, that oh my god it's so amazing and then okay, she started drinking colo- she she was basically kind of an alcoholic but she thought it was like like you know inner being because she was trying to save the world and she was drinking massive amounts of colloidal silver that turned her blue like literally killed her and she had like this group of followers that completely like, i feel like you you throw the vision boarding in there you throw the like i have become the better nicole travolta i am free of credit card debt and i'm here to save the world that to me this is like the basis of what we could start a cult of some sort and it could go right into your performing should we do this? Like I, oh, I'd, wait, Nicole, I've already got the government after me. I don't need another, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I'm just, Let's I'm just giving you a free idea. You, this is a free idea. You know, <laughs> right now I'm currently in bed. I'm, I'm sitting in bed right now because you know, that's what we do in bed with Nicole Travolta. That's the cool thing. <laughs> um, okay. I wait. Okay. Uh, later on, I do want to get back to the vision boarding because I actually have specific questions because okay. I'm so intrigued. I'm like, in a non-joking way, I'm very intrigued. But I do want to remind people that just an hour and a half ago, the the Kansas City Taylors just got to, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs just, <laughs> uh, they won the game, the big sports game, and they are going to the Super Bowl in two weeks. And Taylor Swift, you guys, we got a pop culture phenomenon because she went down to the field and we got kissing photos with them. It was like the end of Jerry Maguire with like Renee Zellweger and, and Tom Cruise and like swept up. We got, we got the fairy tale. Uh, what is your uh, take on Taylor Swift, Nicole? Because she is truly the most powerful woman in America. And I don't roll your eyes, you guys listening. If you really go by the numbers, she is in this point in time, the most powerful woman in America. What's your take on her? Will you be watching the Super Bowl? I will definitely be watching the Super Bowl. Okay. I, I love Taylor Swift. I, <laughs> well, I like that you say that like it's a controversy. You know what I got to tell you? I loved it. Like, yeah, Nicole, we should kind of love her. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. I don't want to be controversy here, but I am a Swifty. <laughs> I, my take, I think she's a powerhouse. Like I'm yes. honest to like, she's an absolute powerhouse. And I find it to be fascinating that the chiefs, have now have this whole other world of like Taylor. It's like Taylor when she's there. Like it's the football game, but is it? Oh, 
Dude, I tuned in. I'm not a big sports guy, um, as you can tell. And I tuned into the game at the very end of the game. And I was like 10 minutes left. And I swear to God, I was wanting more Taylor reactions. And I felt cheap. I was like, wait a sec. I thought people were complaining about the amount of Taylor reactions. I tune in and all of a sudden she's not there. And I was like, I want a Taylor cam. I want a Taylor cam in the bottom left hand of the screen. And but I, the other thing I was already reading, because this is just how social media works now, is, oh, the fix is in. Oh, they. this is exactly what the NFL wanted. Oh, and it's like, yeah, but like, we always take away everybody's experiences any, like, t- like in this day and age. Yes. Like, it's just like, now it's like, no, it's it, the, the fix is in, it's a cheat, it's a scam, it's all of this. And it's like, guys, can we just have things be so, like, people are bashing their heads in on the fields. Like, you think that, I don't know, like, there is just something about me that I feel like, man, it, it sucks because no matter how good you have it, there is like 30% of the audience that will tell you that it's rigged, it's cheated, they don't deserve it, they don't, blah, 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 blah. It's always someone, and especially now with the internet and how quickly things come out, people are waiting to take away ever. We can't have nice things. Yeah. They take it away. And I feel guilty then. I feel, I'm like, oh, should I even feel, should I even feel anything about this? Should I even like Taylor Swift? I mean, like, you know. No, do I have a question for you. Do you think that this is what the NFL, like, I'm oh. not I, I, like, do you think that they want this tape like this kind oh, of press around it? Or do you? Yeah, think- listen, I'm not I'm not ignorant. I think it brings in a whole new fan base. I think it's 100%. like, you know, but because by the way, at the end of the day, and I wanted to read off some streaming statistics to you later, because at the end of the day, it's all about corporations and conglomerates. But right. it's all about the story, too. Like, I love that we have a feel good story in here. And do I think this relationship is going to last? I don't care. Like, it's good for right now. And I think there is something nice. There is something good about liking a pretty shiny thing. And also I kind of like the cut of Taylor Swift's jib. I kind of like the the money she donates. I even like people are bitching about her flying everywhere on her private jet, but then she's making donations to offset the carbon emission costs of her private jet. Like the amount she has to do to actually just be considered, you know, uh, worthy of, of doing what she does is wild yeah. to me. Like I yeah. go and say like, I can't even make it to the computer half the day. Like, I mean, like, how did she do all this? I would love to know, like, how big her team truly is. And do like, you trust all of them? Right. Like, how and do you trust that many people? And especially in a position of power, like her. Did you ever see her documentary that she did? Miss, Amer- Cal- Miss Americana or Miss yeah, Miss America? Or Miss Amer- something. On Netflix? Yeah, it was on Netflix. I th- I'm pretty sure. I think it came out over COVID, but it was about also surrounding her folk, the folk, the folk, the folklore. Am I butchering that? Is no, that- no, the folklore. And those are the albums that came out during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a specific documentary about that album that came out and I watched it and I was in absolute awe of her, how hard she works. Like, yeah. and, and then to. I mean, she's saying that she can actually affect the the the, the election, that she will actually sw- like move the needle in terms of people voting, in terms of people registering to vote. And that's like a lot of scary power to have, I would imagine. And I guess she has to get off on it in some way. But sometimes I'm like, I can I like I can't handle a lot of responsibility. Imagine having all of that responsibility and power and then imagine Every day, people wanting to take that away from you, saying you don't deserve it. Then there's the politics of being a woman, um, all of these kind of things. And then, you know, to have such a, a 
such a telescope or such a, a binocular on who you date at all times. And if that's relationships real, like they always like try to be like, well, I think she's actually into girls. Oh, I actually think like how oh annoying would that be? I, honestly, that the, when I started diving into more about the like the Taylor and Travis Kells, I was truly the, then all these other things that no, she really likes women. Oh no, it's this, or, Oh, it's this. And I'm like, why can't we just let these people, how rare is it? I also think because I'm a hopeless romantic, I like <laughs> that they are, that they are comfortably being open about their relationship and not like hiding you know, like these are, she's a very big celebrity. And a lot of people in that position of celebrity, they don't want to talk about their relationships. They want to keep them quiet. They don't want people meddling or anything like that. And they're being very open about it. And I'm like, why can't we just allow them to be open about it and happy as opposed to then like, it's like ripping each little thing to shred. Are they going to get married? Who knows if they're <laughs> going to get married? Like, are you going to get married? <laughs> yeah, could you imagine having think pieces written about every one of your relationships and every one of your relationships that have failed? Like actual think no. pieces of why these relationships failed. And that's where it kind of blows your mind because half the time, the people that are being critical of it, they fail to look at their own life. They fail to ever go like, wait a sec. Hey, actually, I don't have anybody in my life romantically right now. And I've kind of ruined all the relationships I've had along the way. There's no kind of fine. Like, it doesn't even do them good to actually, uh, you know, say, wow, this is making me introspective about my own relationships. It's just about judging. And I think that's such interesting about what where pop culture has come from, where I felt like in the 90s and the early aughts, it was all about, oh, my God, this is so amazing. This is aspirational. This is so hysterical. And now it's gotten to be, this is horrible. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. It's 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 a whole different world of 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 this compared to what it was before. I mean, even so, like I was talking to someone the other day about even like the nightlife, how it is in L.A. now and how it used to be all people you'd go out to a club or something like that. There would be tons of celebrities there and tons of paparazzi waiting outside. And I really believe that social media has made it impossible for people to go out and even do things like that. Like it doesn't, I don't feel like people do anything here anymore. Well, I mean, she still is going to restaurants. Like she seems to like, go. Oh, I still want to go out to restaurants. We get photo shoots with her and Selena Gomez, her and all of these people. And it's kind of like, if you are out, if you're out to dinner with Taylor Swift in New York, that's like anointing at this time. Like it's like the queen has a, in fact, Nicole, you should try to get to like a dinner with Taylor to publicize your show in February. That would do wonders for your show. How do I go to dinner with Taylor Swift? Someone who's listening to this, <laughs> there, there. tell me, Taylor and I would hit it off great. I have great personality. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm a weird, I'm weird, but like not in that way, you know, like I eat. No, yeah. Food. You're fun. Weird. Yeah. I'm. Um, I, I wonder if Taylor Swift has ever had any kind of credit issues. Probably not. She's, I think she's probably pays the bills on time. She's probably, you know, her Home Depot credit is like stellar. She's like, she's probably got like, I bet you, you know how the credit scores rank, like what is the highest 850? I bet you they've like upped it for her. Like only Taylor Swift has like a 12,000 credit wait, score. Wait, yeah, why don't we, wait, by the way, we know every effing thing about celebrities nowadays. Why don't we know their credit scores? Like, why don't we know? Like, I want to know Bradley Cooper's credit score. Is he broken 800? Is like, he's like, no, uh, I was playing that guy from Maestro and his credit score was famously low. So I wrecked my credit to be like method. 
<laughs> like Meryl Streep has like the <laughs> highest score, but when she really goes into it, she's like, I went, oh, I went low, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well by the way now that you did your first impression i gotta get a jennifer coolidge out of you which is one of my favorite impressions nicole does what do you think jennifer cool what jennifer coolidge what is your credit score jennifer god i just you know well i and i checked it i checked my credit the other day and it is i think it's like a well it's like a low like a low 400 because you know i didn't work in hollywood and i got died off of you know from mike whitey killed me <laughs> oh my god she won the Emmy. Uh, you know, you do an amazing Jennifer Coolidge and she she won the Emmy, the, I think the second year in a row or like for White Lotus. And they're, they're filming the third season of White Lotus now and they've got another star-studded cast. I'm pulling for like a Jennifer Coolidge dream sequence or a ghost or a twin. Have you heard anything about anything Jennifer Coolidge related in terms of no. that? And I honestly, listen, that last season was I mean, so god dang good. Like, yeah, I understand ish, I guess. Like, all good things must come to an end, I guess. But I, she really was such an asset to that show, in my opinion. Now, they have, I haven't heard if they're going to bring her back or do anything like that. They should. But Parker Posey is interesting. Oh God! I mean, Parker Posey. Like, I listen. I am not a gay man, but I will tell you, I I tend to have gay men taste. And Jennifer Coolidge into Parker Posey is, I mean, like Parker Posey. If guys, if you don't know Parker Posey, what's wrong with you? But secondly, go watch Party Girl. Go yes. watch. I mean, like, I, I I even read her autobiography, which came out like five years ago, and that like she's just such a unique persona and i hate to like compare her and jennifer coolidge because there's both unique snowflakes but it is like two amazing like i can't wait to hear parker posey uh delve into mike white dialogue just the way like what what she's going to be like what she's going to sound like she she brings something so unique to that i totally agree and i think that she's going to be because they always have like there's inter- the the most interesting characters is leslie bibb Leslie Bibb. Yeah, Leslie Bibb. And she's been around, kicking around forever. And she's an amazing actor. Yeah. She's been a dude. Did you ever watch the show Popular? Yes. She's been to the CW days. And you know, she's either, she's been dating or engaged or married to, uh, who's the amazing actor that she's been with forever? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's her partner. And he's an amazing, like, it's like they're both amazing actors, but like she's had small parts in like Iron Man and all. I mean, like Mike White takes these people throughout his career. And that's why even with Nicole knows, even when I was trying to do it, was that like Hollywood is a marathon, not a sprint. And those were like the kind of shit you would put on your vision board. Like I always said, actors heard more insp- inspirational phrases by the time they were 30 than most people hear their entire life because it's such a battle to stay in that battle of trying to be an actor. And that's what it makes. It's like, if you consistently do good work, the hope is you find a Mike White somewhere along the way that has believed in you from the beginning to give you an opportunity at some point. It's the truth. And I think he really does that too. I mean, you're watching him because a lot of these people that he's casting have been around a long time and they're not they're then doing these shows or they haven't been they're they're new faces or newer face or whatever but these these his shows this white lotus is so good it's like skyrocketing pe- people yeah yeah i mean but that's so much pressure on mike white too i wonder like 
Like he has to churn those episodes out. And Mike White, you guys, you all know him and all that. But if you even just want to have that reality show, there's a season of Survivor that he's on. It's a brilliant season. Mike White was a contestant on Survivor and he killed it. Like think about Mike White and his wacky, like amazing brain and his way to write characters, the way he ingratiated himself with other contestants on Survivor. It, it, you can, uh, I think, uh, stream that season on Paramount Plus, but it's worth going back to check out. This guy has been so good for so long i first uh knew about him from a movie he i think wrote and directed that was like sundance thing from like 20 years ago t- called chuck and buck and it was about mike white he put himself in it and he had he he was in love with his male childhood best friend and it was a really great movie uh i would have to go check that out again because i just i those movies that you just forget about and then remember yeah. all of a sudden anyways Mike White. Uh, but that's the thing is that like in, in your thing of doing this show, we're always told to create our own opportunities. I think this podcast came out of that and your one per one woman show came out of that. Like, you know, you have these vision boards and a lot of actors and people that we talk about do what's on that vision board in 2024 that you made after your workshop early January. What's on, what's like, what's the next goal after the Soho playhouse? Gosh, I mean, my dream is to get extent, like my, get an extension in New York and stay there and have it let it be put for a run like a legit yeah. run but i'd love to tour it and i i want to turn it into a series and i believe in it like i i wholeheartedly believe in it and uh, i think that there could be such a fun sort of like that kind of style like hbo mike white you know like that type of like a but you're not getting sick of it like i mean like I, we're about to talk about vanderpump rules and i just watched the i got a screener of the season premiere that airs on tuesday of this oh, week so, so get ready but like but my thing is part of me is like oh man we're going back into this again and do you ever get like that because it's your personal story you're having to like what keeps you engaged what keeps you like you know, like, oh, I just want to go do these other 30 ideas that I have in the hopper. What keeps you engaged in this one idea? I think that what I've learned is that I think, or for myself, and I don't think it's maybe not for everybody, but I think I had, right, this started as an idea because of, and I was like, I really believe that I have something here. And then I formed it into the show. And I think that for me is that I want Every time I do it, it hits differently. The laughs are different and the connection with the audience is different in all of the most amazing ways. Even when it's so challenging at some points, it you can take that and learn from it and, and cha- it changes you as a performer. But I think what I love about it is that I want to have like if I can put so much time into having like a wonderful piece of work that expands into something amazing. And of course I have other ideas and, and other things that and you're I probably really auditioning want. as well on top, putting yourself on tape and all that. Right. stuff. So it just, I don't know, like I'm not sick of it yet. And I think, I, I think I'll, I would never be sick of it, but I think that then it would just, you know, move to something else, but it makes me so, I feel proud of it, you know, and I'm really in that and I'll forever be proud of it. But really, I think it's just like the connection I think with people that I'm getting from, because people don't know when they're coming in. I think sometimes they think they're coming to somewhat of, you know, like an SNL show that yeah, yeah, yeah. characters and stuff. And you get a bit of that. But they're leaving going, I mean, the reactions that I've had are some of the most humbling and heartwarming and like, 
uh, related people are relating to it. And I think that that's what keeps me ticking with it. Same thing. Same thing with my podcast reviews, Nicole. I, one lady told me to shut up, and I just I love it. I just I keep coming back for it. But I you keep coming back. You, you keep coming back if she's telling you to shut up. <laughs> you must uh, keep going. Um. Okay. So Vanderpump Rules. I know you are a fan of, and we left off with Scandaball happening and the kids all went on their summer break and they're back. There's only been like three months, you guys, in the the, the first episode of the new season where we come back and Tom Sandoval and Scandaball is an, om, you know, it's like an omnipresent force, but everybody's kind of picking up. We're seeing where everybody's leaving off. In your head, where do you think, like, like, are you willing to give Tom Sandoval a redemption season? Are you willing to forgive? And by the way, I want to also you know, a part of your show talks about your, your, uh, you, you were married at one point, Yes, you know, you talked about your previous relationship and, and things unfortunately didn't work out or fortunately, but it's this nine year relationship that Ariana and Tom had. And we see that that is completely shot to shit. And where in your head, if this was your reality, where would this go? Where would you, if you were Ariana, what would you do? With him giving him like not a second chance at a relationship, but more like a second chance. Would you film with your ex? Would you film with your ex on a reality show? Would you, after you broke up, after he cheated on you for seven months with a friend? It would be very, very, very difficult. I don't know because even if you can let it go in somewhere or find peace with it, I don't even know. But to have to face that every day, like the, the just the fact that. There was cheating involved with the bet, like with the best on friend. T- and it's on TV. And it's on TV, and and God, I mean, Ra- Raquel. Oh my God, I don't even know what to say about her. <laughs> well, but like, like Bambi, like I never. You wait, see. I want you to work on your Raquel imitation. I want you to like. This is what you got to do, Nicole. We okay. we got to get you on some housewives. We got to get you onto some things. And then you can come back for like two minutes each episode and like plug your show and you can like, because Raquel, I just want to like tease a little bit. Raquel obviously is not in this season, but, and the first episode, they don't know that yet. They're working off the assumption that Raquel will eventually be joining them at some point this season. So you'll see pretty early on, there is somebody, even though Ariana has made it very clear, she doesn't want to be friends with anybody that's friends with her. You see somebody that's already kind of reaching out to her and it's somebody that's a little surprising and I don't want to give anything too much away because we'll do a full recap this week, but it's really interesting to have like, to have all of this shit play out on TV once again. And like these friendships, it's not like, you know, the sex in the city girls, like these are like, you, you, you believe that these are lifelong friends, but these are reality show friends. And I don't think I could ever trust reality show friends because there's a paycheck involved. No. Well, exactly. I also do. Well, I don't know how much you can give away. I'm like, Oh my God, I want to know everything. (laughs) But do Tom, did they actually see meet up in the show or in Tom and Raquel or Tom and Ariana, Tom and Ariana. So in the first episode, you, like I said, Tom is not, Tom is uh, like, Tom is around. They talk about Tom a lot, but you don't see like Tom is off filming special forces. He's he, he went on a Fox reality show. So he's out there in the boonies. So everybody's kind of talking about this and it's really kind of like, 
you know, where we picked off, like Katie and Ariana opening a sandwich shop. Like it's, it's really interesting. Like Schwartz is kind of like, Oh, woe is me. I kind of took a lot of shrapnel because of Tom DJ James Kennedy. Like I got a house in Valley. I got a house in Burbank with Ali. All right. So it's like really, he also is now like a resident DJ at live at Fountain in Vegas. In Vegas. Yes, in Vegas. He, what? That's what I'm saying. Like Scandaval helped all of these people. Like they all got like this boost in their careers. And I think that's what the really interesting thing is. The fourth wall is kind of broken now because they're actually able to talk about Scandaval as a term and what it did and what it. So I kind of love where we pick up on the first season. It's just, it's going to be a long season. Like you can't, expect everything from this episode because if you do you're going to be disappointed right 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 i ariana is having a moment by the way she's going to be on broadway in chicago while you're in new york i should go i really actually would love to go and see her in broad you should he this whole thing it was like brand deal after brand deal and dancing with the stars the whole thing she really the leveled up (laughs) she leveled up but but my thing is let's watch and just like i was talking about earlier with like the negativity in terms of oh the nfl's rigged blah 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 it's you start to hear those little comments of oh she doesn't deserve this much oh i got cheated on i didn't get this and i'm like dude if you got opportunity like i said this to him blue in the face is there some rule that she shouldn't be taking things because she got cheated on? Is there some rule that like, she's working her ass off. Like you've got to strike while the iron is hot. Sorry if it annoys you. She should be doing all of this stuff. People, I'm so incredibly tired of people and they're like, everyone's like, we need to support each other and love each other. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) And live, laugh, love. And then people just rip each other. She's doing good things and people are ripping, ripping apart. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, she's not the one that cheated. Like she's, she's, by the way, her only sin was she didn't stock pins and batteries for Tom. And I do think, you know, she's like, you, you didn't, you didn't stock enough pins and batteries, dude. I had to cheat on you, dude. I had to cheat on you, dude. And it's, it is so funny. Like, it is one of those, like, I, I want to believe, I so don't good. know, man, like Tom was like my great shining hope for men because I was like, if I like, that's, I really had that. And I still get made fun of from listeners because I thought if I could be more like Tom, I'll have it all figured out. And then I was like, so I was like, crestfallen. I was like, there's no fucking way he did that. Like, there's just, I would have, I would have, I did not believe it at all. I'm such an idiot. And that's the thing is that you, you really all you all you can do is try to like be a good person and try to do the right things for yourself and like don't put too much stock into what anybody else is doing and kind of stay in your own lane but like yeah. let Ariana stay in hers like I just think it's funny because when you're on a show like this you almost set yourself up for those slings and arrows like Ariana right. potentially even though this was done to her could have a bad season because she's like fuck Tom fuck him wanting to stay yeah. in this house. Like, fuck this. Like, I, I think if you actually are in a contentious relationship that ended poorly, isn't everybody out? Like nobody else out there wants to hang out with their ex after the fact. If that happens. No, I don't want to see my ex. Like, I mean, if I ran into him, it's fine. Like whatever. But I cannot imagine having to then put on like my big girl pants and like be 
try to be. Can we a- stop with the big girl pants, Nicola? What are these big girl pants? Is that like, I, I, I don't know why. I I don't know. Maybe that's sexist of me. I always hate big girl pants. Like the you know, where did big girl pants, where did big girl pants come from? <laughs> like, what is the, what is the origination of big girl pants? Cause I've heard it my whole life. And I don't know why I always picture like the Jolly Green Giant, like with the, just like the female Jolly Green Giant putting their big green girl pants on. I you know? feel like now we're going to be now known for the big girl pants. Like this just took, took on a life. And also is there, is there big girl, is there big girl panties on top of the big girl pants? Is there like a, like put your big girl blouse on? Like, I feel like we got to get away from big girl stuff. Like, should we, like there should just be one, like we're all like, let's not be sizest about like big, like every, when you actually put it into perspective like that, you're, that's actually true. We need to, all right. So Ryan and I have made a decision for all of us. We are not using big girl. Big girl pants are out. Like, you know what's out for 2024? Big girl, big girl pants. pants. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Nicole, and that was actually a thing on her vision board, was big girl pants. So she has to go I'm collect that now. I'm after the whole thing on my vision board. The only thing on there is big girl pants. Would you ever do a reality show? Like, say, like, you, you're so proud of your life story, and I know you want to sell it as a series and stuff like that, but what if we're like, okay, Nicole, but I just love you. You're so funny. I want to follow you around on, like, doing your show. Would you ever do a reality show based around your life? I don't think, I, I honestly, it would have to be in such a way that I think it was still tailored towards, like, around the show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I would rather do... Like a like an inside, an inside edition, you know, like like, like wait, you made it worse than a reality like, show. You want something hosted by Bill O'Reilly of like coming up ants? Where do they hide in your crevices? How much debt does she have? <laughs> where are her bags? Yeah. Is she doing all right? We'll find out soon. Why did she get rid of her big girl pants? <laughs> I'm going to never be able to breathe over the pickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Ryan. I feel like it scares me a bit to be that, you know, even sometimes I post stories, like when you post stories and you let people in and then oh. people really feel like they know you and they, like, well, it no, no, I, I've had like, I've had, I have people very close to me in my life is that I do not want to be a part of your story. I don't want to be a party. I don't want to be a character. I don't want to be. And it is, it's weird because you realize, Oh, that it, you kind of think in terms of store, like what you would share and what you wouldn't share. And and I was so open with uh, my mom and, and when she was sick and all that stuff, and it, it gave my mom great strength. So in that sense, it like, it, it did, it did so many great things for my mom sharing her story about being ill and, and when she passed away and all of this stuff, like, but, but at the same time, there's only so far that I'm like, oh yeah, as I get older, like, what what's the goal of that? There are some people that do it so great. And I'm so like in awe of that. I'm like, I can't believe you're willing to be this open and stuff. And I, I just don't, because I always want to be the guy that does the stupid joke that you roll your eyes at. Or like, I like, there's something that's very comforting in that for me, but also I've been through a divorce. I've been through yeah. Like I don't want to, there is like, I, I remember sharing, and this is even before I did a podcast, I, I had a web series called like talking marriage, where it was like, I was a talk show. I was thinking I was like the perfect guy at marriage, but really it was about how bad I am at marriage. And it was like, in retrospect, so dark that I had actually put that out there. And I didn't even realize at the time, did your ex ever 
uh, reach out and be like, Hey, don't talk about me too much in your show. Like, did you ever have to have those conversations? We didn't, I didn't say anything, you know, we didn't talk uh, anything about this and, and we haven't talked. And the thing is, is that, the the show really is about you know listen yeah, like there are there I really take the I mean it's it's my it, oh totally hundred percent the downfall of our marriage but it added to it on my end now I would never get up there and say like you know this is what I think he did you know there are things that for me it's like it all stems from me very deeply not feeling like I'm enough and for some reason and this is not talking you know, bad about him or any relationship that I've ever been in. But I, for me, I've found myself consistently in relationships that I don't feel like I'm enough. And it always unravels in a way of like, that it ends that in that way. And so there are things that for me, I'm like, okay, like you're, you start to notice these patterns or whatever. But when I talk about him, it's, you know, or and never his name, never anything. Oh yeah, I I, I want to make that clear. I wasn't uh, saying that no. there was like this was like an expose on him, but, but it is interesting. I always wonder like that other person because I remember having conversations after the fact of like or even to you know just like hey watch what you say and all of yeah. that. You know, it's like you do have to realize just because an audience would want to know doesn't mean that doesn't you mean are that exactly like you I'm know not like it's weird. Go into every detail of of things about there's certain things that you you know you keep and I think that you know like and there's things for me even so like how you're talking about the the web series that you did when I look back at things when we were in our worst points um yeah worst part no we're yeah lowest points lowest yeah. points I would do things like post a photo of us on Instagram with like, you know, a cute hashtag or whatever. And when I think <laughs> about that, I'm like, it's really like you're, it almost makes me feel icky, like about, well, because know? I rem- I remember some of those times when I would even do that. And because you want to portray this, like, oh, look how happy I am. Look how this is like, and in the essence, a lot of those times that wasn't the case. And that's not because of her or me, you know, it's just, it is funny. And I don't, we're not speaking anything new or anything, you know, like it doesn't mean just because you see it online that it's true or that, that right. you're presenting this certain image that you want to present. Uh, but it is something that I can't believe, you know, kids these days have to wrestle with from the very beginning. Like, you know, thank God we didn't have any of the, or thank God I didn't have any of this shit when I was growing up of like how to present myself this, like, you know, if I was doing this shit when I was in my teens or something, I would be in jail by now, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it, you, I mean, I think about that stuff all the time about what would happen. I would, it would be awful. Uh, you are friends. You are really good friends with Courtney from two judgy girls. And yes. we have a mutual, I love Courtney so much. And you also are big, uh, Coachella. Uh, you love EDM, you love music festivals. And I do, cause I did a story about Coachella last week and the lineup. And I've been to 14 Coachellas in my day. Like I've, I was an old school Coachella person, did not go last year, went the year before, but like, where are you at on this lineup? Because you're an EDM person. So you might think of it differently than the normal person that just goes for the headliners and stuff. And so in terms of EDM, were you and Courtney happy? Were you happy with this lineup? I, okay. So I, but full disclosure, I don't love, I don't love the, the headliners. I, and yeah, it's like, did you Doja Cat again? Like Tyler, the creator. And then who Lana Del Rey. 
Lana Del Rey, I love, but if anything, yeah. that's a Sunday night headliner, like mellow out, kind of like a beautiful sun. I don't know. You know, she deserves it, I guess, but it's just not the exciting, like when you're like, damn, I used to be on the, I used to be such a geek for Coachella, being on the message boards, like wondering if like, oh my God, who are they going to pull? Like I was at that Daft Punk show when they first debuted the pyramid, like, like oh this iconic God. show that really like, like spun out EDM even further than it is now, which is just like to think of then to now, like that was considered techno technologically insane. And now you look at it and you're like, oh, that's nothing. That just looks like a cardboard pyramid to what they do now at these shows. Yeah, no, totally. And I think it, to me this year, well, last year, by the way, the Frank Ocean fiasco, we were Oh there. yeah, you were there where he came out for like 15 minutes or something? He was and then like he canceled the second late. one. He was about an hour late, I want to say. So that was the number one thing. So we're all packed waiting to see him. In We were in the VIP area, sitting in like that area. There were so many people everywhere. He doesn't come on. He doesn't come on. Then he comes on, but you can't see him on the screen or on the stage. Yeah, he's hiding. He's hiding in he's like from the barely camera. Barely performing. And then he would take like 15 minute breaks between each song or leave the stage. And it was so bad. My friend Saf and I left and went to the Yuma tent, came back at the time of your life. I had the time of my life in there, but we came back out. It was so disappointing because these tickets are so expensive. expensive. And then the next weekend they had, um uh uh Fred again. Oh, they had Fred again, Skrillex, Skrillex and, and um Swedish House. Oh yeah, so yeah, they had like they banged it out all of a sudden. They did it a huge thing. And I'm like, this is how you end Coachella. This is how you end Coachella. Like, and I feel like this year I just heard an article that this is the lowest ticket sales that they have ever That's what I, there, there was an article that came out saying that, the, you know, both weekends are not sold out yet. And there used to be a time that both weekends would sell out the day of, okay. and then you would be fighting for tickets for the rest up until April when it, you know, and so, and, and by the way, there's a lot of arguments to be had is that, you know, obviously money's not flowing like it used to be. Yeah. It's not strong as a, uh, of a lineup as it was, but also the state of music is so all over the place is that you can't please everybody all the time anymore. And this used to be kind of an alternative rock, yeah. sometimes a throwback act festival. And then it moved into pop. It moved into, and it, you know, and it really, they had a great year last year in terms of, you know, you had like Blackpink, you brought in K-pop, you brought in all of these different styles of music. But then this year it kind of was like a womp womp because they were always known for that surprise. And there's so many festivals now. Coachella sprung like a thousand festivals from it. Yeah. It'll still, it'll still do fine. It's still going to probably eventually sell out. It's just slow going. Are you going to go this year? I, we are going this year, I, but, and so Courtney's going, our friend group, you know, we, we, we go every, it's like this thing that we do together. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's about the, I mean, it's, I thought it'd be cheesy. It's about the friendship, you know? Oh, it's true. And I think, you know, as we get older, we are all like doing so many different things. So I think that this is like the one time specifically that we all get to really be together and it's fun and we do the whole thing. But I just, um, I, this year, it almost makes me feel like, is this going to be one of like, is it not like, am I going to buy the presale ticket next year? I don't know. No. Well, I mean, well, so who are you looking forward to? Cause you got Gasoffelstein who is, uh, incredible. Like he's like, actually, you know, dance wise is like a really, uh, you know, he, he doesn't get booked a lot. So that's like a big get, who are you looking forward to from the lineup? 
I'm excited about Dom Dalla who, to EDM music. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Dewitt is unbelievable. I actually went to Tomorrowland, the festival in Berlin. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember your pictures, but that yeah. were insane. Yeah. Like it's, guys yeah. go look up Tomorrowland and you'll be like, Oh my God, it looks like a Willy Wonka movie set. No, it's literally, this is the thing is that like that festival in general, unbelievable like the so good uh, european festivals i was like blown away but the the i'm also so charlotte dewitt i'm excited for dj snake because i've always wanted to see him and every time i miss him i'm like i will not miss him this time um, isn't it funny dj snake is now almost considered like a legacy act because he yeah. survived he's been there like 10 years you know it's like he's, he's really still gorgeous. so young and people are like he's an old dj He's so, and every time we're doing something else and I'm wishing that I was at his set, like we'll pass it. And I'm like looking, watching people having the best time. I'm like, why are we going there? But I will go there this year. I don't think I'm going to see that. Oh, headliner. Justice. Justice. Yes. Good. I, I love Justice. Justice has a new album that'll be out by that time. They just released two new songs this week. And Tame Impala is one, one of those songs. So I that love, is exciting. You were there Tame Impala year, weren't you? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. They're, yeah. They are also amazing. Um, but yeah, it is interesting to see where it goes. And uh, listen, as we start winding down here, this has been all over the map, but I hope you're, I, I, I'm having a great time. So I hope you are too. And you I out there listening. I hope you're having a good time. I'm having the best time. I hope okay, everyone so, finds this fun. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I wanted to read this about streaming statistics. I always get fascinated in terms of how we consume our shows. And, you know, we have all these, everybody has a streaming service now. So you have ESPN Plus, Peacock, Hulu, Paramount Plus that's combined with Showtime, Disney Plus, and Netflix. And so those are all like kind of your big streaming companies. And they say that the streaming wars have been fought and they are over now because Netflix is undoubtedly the king of streaming because yeah. guess how many millions of subscribers Netflix has? Okay. I'm going to guess. Ooh, I'm going to guess high, like 25, 25 million. What the fuck is wrong with 260 million? You didn't even come. You 25 million. What are you talking about? It's not an, it's not an independent film. What are you? I, 25 really, million? I really sold it too. And I go, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm you gonna go, guess I, hey, I this is going to be a crazy guess. Uh, it's a crazy guess. Uh, it's, okay. 260 million. The foundation for you too. Don't want to blow your mind here, Ryan, but I'm going to go with 25 yeah. million. Well, I've always been uh, good with numbers, so let me throw this one out. Okay, 260 million people have subscribed to Netflix, okay? And then the next one down is Disney Plus, and they have a paltry 150 million. So Netflix obviously started first, but they have 110 million more subscribers, paid subscribers. And then you have Max Discovery Plus, they're combined, and that's 95.1 million. Then Paramount Showtime at 63 million. Hulu at 48.5 million, Peacock at 31 million, and ESPN Plus at 26 million. So that's in terms of millions. But like Netflix, there was like this kind of big push that they thought Netflix could be taken down a couple of years ago. And there's just oh, no way. That. Yeah, there's no way it's going to happen. And I was shocked at even the smaller ones. Like, you know, Peacock, which is kind of the home of Bravo and Housewives, 31 million. They are second to last. And then Hulu, they have to gain on Hulu at 48.5. But the other thing that I was reading that fascinated me was like Netflix, 
they have such a strong like base of customers that they're able to take shows like Suits that was on the air over 10 years ago, Suits, and they made it a number one show again in these last couple of years. Like it was at the, they treated it like it was a new show so they can actually license shows from other networks and streaming services, put it on their platform and it will do better than if Suits was on Peacock because they just have, so it's like, it's a juggernaut that you kind of want your show on there because you have more subscribers. So it's like all of these other ones are left in the dust. And somebody was asking me, like, oh my God, I just saw that Six Feet Under, the old HBO show, was on Netflix. Well, oh, shouldn't, wow. it be, shouldn't it be on Max? And it's like, yeah, but what Max is doing now is they're licensing out their products to Netflix to actually get more viewers and more money of it because they can get more than they can on their own streaming service. I know this is like kind of geek and in the weeds, but like, it's so fascinating to me. Well, it's fascinating because we also remember the times where you... There was Netflix was a DVD. You would oh, send. Oh God! Back. Yeah, you, I got three. I got the I, I three. I you had three a week. If you got what? the like, you had three, and you'd yes. have to finish one, mail it in. That would take two to three days, and two to three days to come back. You didn't have a streaming option. So this, to me, I get fascinated with stuff in the numbers games of things, and and how the streaming stuff works because it is taken over. I mean, they 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 make everything. They take everything. It's wild the 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 amount of content that comes out of that machine and what they're saying though is that netflix since it's so comfortably in the lead that they are actually surprisingly enough going to put less money towards new content because they know that they can just license and stream it to all us yahoos and they can make shows that we had kind of forgotten about like suits and they can make it a hit again they can bring it to all new audiences so it's really interesting to pay attention to and you're also going to potentially see some of these other ones have to fold into each other like there's potentially going to be some sort of deal i would imagine where some of these big like some of the smaller ones like Peacock can't like actually combine with Hulu because Hulu actually owns like is part of ABC. So right. who could like Peacock combine with to create a juggernaut that actually like could Peacocks go with Max Discovery? Like you're going to start seeing some like tough choices, I think, in like 2020, end of 2024, end of 2025, where you'll see all of these things to actually compete with Netflix because it's just too far. Like I'm shocked that Netflix like you even saw with Netflix, they started airing you guys like seasons of flipping out with Jeff Lewis or Shaw's of sunset. They've taken Bravo shows that should be fully on Peacock and they've licensed them out to Netflix. Interesting. I didn't know that they've done even that far. They've got like, yeah. that's crazy. Wow. Um, Do you okay, think so you Peacock is vision boarding? To get, yeah, we, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Obviously, Netflix has the best vision board known to man. No, no, you can't even get into Netflix vision board because it's like lock and key. They don't let anybody <laughs> yeah, in. Thank God, could you imagine? Um, yeah. But I mean, I just I geek out on that stuff so much because. We have so much at our fingertips, yet it keeps getting further and further away from us. Like, it's like, you know, I was the other night I was trying to watch some stupid movie. Oh, I was trying to watch the old Mel Gibson movie Ransom. Oh, I was trying to watch Ransom. Like, give me back my son. His son gets kidnapped. Like, trying to watch it. We can't find it anywhere. It's not on any streaming service. You have to to pay $6 to rent Ransom. And I'm like, have all the streaming services. Why am I not able to fucking watch Ransom when I want to watch Ransom? 
it's why is that though? It is it that is what I don't understand yet. It, it, all the streaming services is we pay for, it, and then older movies like that, some of them you go look, and exactly the same thing. I have to log into Amazon Prime and pay seven dollars, but I pay for Amazon Prime. Like it's yeah, all it's, bullshit. It's so- it's crazy. Like, I almost think they have something censors in our mind. It's like, hey, this fool wants to watch Son-in-Law with Polly Shore. Let's remove it from a streaming service really quick and charge him for it. Like, let's let's just remove like, We got one. Yeah, we got one. Guess who just made $7 today for, you know, like that's, it's wild that that's happening. And you don't, you know, as we, we're, we're almost finished here, but like, you don't watch like Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills. Like you watch Vanderpump and all that stuff, right? You know what's so interesting? I actually, I... I really, I was starting to get back in. So, so funny enough, I used to be obsessed with all the housewives. The, the, I watched Beverly Hills from the beginning, New York from the beginning, all of them. I love New Jersey. Something happened where I, I fell off, but then. This was part of your credit. When you were deep in credit card debt, you were watching a lot of housewives. I, yes, I was literally like mad trying to manifest my life through them. <laughs> I, but, but I sort of, Courtney got me back on Beverly Hills, but I get sucked in when there is a scandal and that's awful. But I didn't watch Vanderpump Rules before the scandal got me got in. brought you back I in, didn't leave my house. I was staying up until two, three o'clock in the morning watching Vanderpump Rules going, so, why is this not nominated for an Emmy? This is the best show on television. And why it did, it did get nominated for an Emmy. It just lost. It got nominated for a creative arts Emmy. It just lost to uh, welcome to Wrexham with Ryan Reynolds and the, the sunny. It's always sunny guy. I mean, so it did, but yeah, but you got to watch Salt Lake city. You got to There was a scandal there. And I think this season is like a good one-off season for you to catch up on uh, one more thing. And then I want to talk like, we're almost, you got, you have seven, eight more minutes. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're Gypsy Rose Blanchard. We had talked about her before we got on. And, you know, I've been talking about her every week because I just worry about somebody that gets that many social media followers and that much press immediately coming out of prison and trying to like, you know, she's getting used to her husband. She's, you know, then making comments like, you know, the D is fire. I am getting the D from him. It's fire. Fire. Wait, wait, do you, do you have a Gypsy Rose invitation? I think so, so, but I need to work on it a little bit, but you know, she kind of like talks like, Hey, you guys, it's Gypsy Rose. The D is fire. Oh, Haters gonna hate. Yeah. Like she's talking like she, like the verbiage is so, it's very interesting. It's very pop culture mixed with yeah. somebody that hasn't been outside in a while. And it, it's really and I watched that five part lifetime docu-series, five or six parts that came out, and I found it really fascinating. But then this weekend, even she was like cutting her hair and she was what? like, You guys follow your dreams, do whatever you want to make yourself look better. And I I love that it was a positive message. But at the same time, I'm like, she needs a Chris Jenner. She needs somebody to focus this. And also I just get worried that we're gonna wake up and she's be like, Well, the relationship didn't work out. I had to cut him loose. The D was not fire anymore. Like, I'm so worried. I will. It's dry. It, we, and so I think I feel like you know this about me and I feel like you're kind of similar in, thing, in things. But when I attach to something like I really attach hard. Like, oh, so it's me, all I think about. Yeah. All, Gypsy Rose for me. What it was. It was a big one. And I loved that. that the show with Joey King. Um, uh, the, oh, yeah. The 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 the, the act, act, the act, the act with uh, Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Yes. It, I mean, it's. I was fascinated by this. Like, I want to know who is Gypsy Rose Blanchard's publicist. 
Like, who is this woman or man who is publicizing? How, she was on everything. She was on the Nick Vi Vial Vial. How do you say? Nick, that? I call him Nick. I call him Nick Viali, but it's Nick Vial. Yeah, Nick Vial. Okay, Viali. Yeah, sure. But we, he, she was on that podcast. No, dude, not skinny, not fat. Was having her on the Instagram. You had all of these like people like at her like kind of release party for the lifetime thing, where it was like she was. I mean. Uh, really kind of ingenious in the sense of like gearing it towards like a TikTok audience. And I, I find it, I mean, by the way, somebody that loves Taylor Swift intensely, Gypsy Rose, I was really thinking we were going to get a Gypsy Rose Taylor Swift picture because she was initially going to go to that Kansas City Chiefs game the week out as she came out from release. And then they were like, no, you got to get out of the state. You can't go to the game. And I think they thought it was going to cause too much of a commotion. But I was like, when are we going to see that her and Taylor Swift picture? And if you're Taylor Swift, like you want to do everything right. And then is the pressure on you to be like, fuck, I have to take a picture with Gypsy Rose. Or does she want to take a picture with Gypsy Rose? Yes, I have questions about this too. And also I think that people are starting to not like that she's getting success because of it's the, it, it well for 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 something that's a very grisly crime at the end of the day even though her mom did i mean obviously if you've followed her story it's a very tragic sad story but at the end it is still a murder that shouldn't have happened right she it, it's very tragic it's very sad what happened to her i mean the story was it's heartbreaking that people go and I know but there's other stories out there about what is it called Mun Munchausen by proxy Munchausen by proxy by the way the Yolanda Hadid from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that was when she was accused of Munchausen like Munchausen by proxy that was a whole storyline on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills 10 years ago yeah yeah it's just so I I don't know again it's that thing of like just let the, you know, no, it's not right. I don't know what sh I should say. I'm going to end up getting put canceled. her on, put her but on like, Vanderpump rules, put her on Vanderpump yeah, rules. Better on real housewives of, of, well, of something. I mean, I mean I, we new relationship. She's like, you know, that D is fire. But yeah, that's, I'm like, wow, she's saying that D it's like, she's like the people's princess all of a sudden. And then she's like, don't worry, folks, that D is fire. And I'm like, what? Like, it's like to our conversation earlier about sharing all of these things about your personal life. I'm like, yo, gypsy, like everybody kind of like, you're like, oh girl, that's amazing. But if you look deeper, you're like, oh, that's so yeah. dark. Like that is so dark. Comments back and forth between her and her husband. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He, he was like, he was like, don't worry, Gypsy. I don't, I don't take too, I don't take those thoughts to to heart. Don't worry. She's like, you better not, guy, because that D is fire. And it's like, why aren't you just talking to each other? Why are we doing this online? No, it's on. And then when she was like, now you get over here and you come in the other room, and I'm like, what? <laughs> the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi signal's better over here, and I want to see that D. <laughs> that D, baby. So. I was reading it over and over and again. I was like, this is unhinged. Pop culture is insane. Well, the fact that this is actually pop culture, the fact that it's in the same breath as the Kardashians, but when you get that many Instagram followers and TikTok followers, all of a sudden it kind of like blends into this entertainment genre that is, it, it's, I, and I just, I get, I get sad and, and worried because if you follow pop culture, you see, there's always like for every action, there's a reaction and like, she'll go really high right now. And then eventually the audience will turn on her, go to something else. And you'll see potentially, unless she's like really settled within herself, you'll see her trying for attention. And I hope that, I hope that's not the case. When you rise that quickly, it, it, it's, 
the staying is weird. Like again, you're like you said, some there's another one around the corner. I think that that's why the build, you know, when we're talking about someone like Taylor Swift, that's she's cut that's a come up like for she's built this brand I better call brand career. Well, yeah. No, but all of it, but it wasn't this right out of the gate. But no, I mean she's built this over 15, 16, 17. I mean, she's built this since she was a kid. Like, you know, yeah. and that's why it's so it's so amazing to see her like kind of still here and at that level that she's at. Okay, and finally, um, I could keep going on forever, but I do actually like in terms of vision boarding, all jokes aside, like what I mean, how do you just basic? It's like you're just cutting out pictures of things that you dream of. Like, how did you come a come a, like with like, how do you even process, like, do you sit down and dream first and then go look for pictures to put on a board and glue it all together? How do you vision board? So, you know, I used to do, I've heard it a few different ways. I have, um, I've, I've, I've seen it where you do pictures. I've seen it where you do it like a movie, like you could do like a vision movie and you pull pictures, whatever. But I learned this year that those, even though I think that they have the same idea that's really like a mood board if you will you're using other people's life to like dream up your own so this year it was so simple you took I learned this that you just take a blank piece of paper and you can you know make it colorful whatever you know get markers make it pretty but you literally write vision board 2024. And you separate into categories and you literally just list the things that you want for your life. And this, this woman, her idea is, is that some people are like, put it out, put it on the thing, like make sure that it's up. So displayed, but she is like, you do all these things, you know, whether it's travel, career, um, love, relationships, things like that. And you categorize them and she separates them into like four categories. You list them all, you take the vision board, you p- put it away and then you come back to it. So you're not fixated on every little thing that you're wanting for your life. And I actually really liked it because it gave you more freedom and you weren't like sitting cutting pictures of other things and like trying to make this really pretty thing that you feel comfortable having displayed in your house. And then also it's up in your house. So when people come in, they're like, Oh, do you want to, yacht? you want to yacht? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so I liked the idea of this going that this is my vision for myself. And she tells you that the worst thing that people do is that they put limitations on themselves because they start going like, you know, oh, there's never uh, no way I would be able to make $500,000 this year. So I'll put 200,000. She's like, no, like, put it all out there. Because the bigger you dream, the more you know, you receive. So I don't know, I get really And then do you think about do you think about this then every day? What I want? Yeah. No, you. I mean, obviously, we do think I mean, obviously, we kind of do if we don't even, I mean, obviously you kind of do regardless, but do you sit there and like, Oh, I got to think about everything I put on that mood board or like no, it, I that I thought about let it go. And then I just work, you know, like, I think like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I want is obviously career oriented and, and things like that. So I think for me, it comes in like the action of doing things. Right. So if I'm doing my things every day, then you hope that, you know, good things will come in. You're putting out and you, you know, it's like, I'm going to New York and then that's step one. So I'm just sort of like, 
trying to be better about living in the in the present moment as opposed to always being so far into the future, you know, because I'm either in the past or in the future. It's like yeah. living today, it's hard. So I liked the idea of you get behind all the things that you want, but then you put it away. So you're not staring at it every day. You know, it's there, it's out there, and then you move. Also, your manager, just I was thinking of this, your manager should contact the SNL people and have them come see the show while you're there. They really, that would be... Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Anyways, um, that's what I, I, I always, I don't know. I think there's something in me. I'm, I'm a coward about moving forward sometimes. And like, I've all the vision board thing though, keeps coming back in. And I, the last time I did a vision board was like 15 years ago, I think. And, and I was talking about this on a Patreon. I was so, I was like, but weirdly enough, a lot of those things on that vision board at that time, has weirdly come true. Um, yes. And also the other thing about limiting yourself is very interesting too. Cause I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I'll put like top 10 podcasts. And I was like, well, why don't, why don't you put like top two? Why don't you put top? Like, why do you, why do you, why do you say, oh, I could only go this far. I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to be greedy. It's like the psych, like, you know, it, when I think about it, I'm like, I would love, you know, my big dream would be to, you know, do, do, doing all right television show. But I, and I started to go, I started to write nominated for an Emmy. Like, why can't I win the Emmy? <laughs> why would why I, why can't I win the Emmy? Like, but why you can't know, they call it the Travoltas? Why can't that be the award? The why, Travolta. Yeah. Why can't I have one of those awards? No, you're right. I do, it is interesting how we do limit ourselves. I really like them. And some people are like, oh, it's so woo woo. But I, I think, it's oh, I grew up loving year. it. Yeah. I, mean, I watched, I watched the Emmys and I just, I loved what they did this year. I, 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 I was bummed out. Yeah. But oh, anyways, guys, the show is Nicole Travolta is doing all right. It's going to be at the Soho Playhouse, February 14th through the 24th. How do we get tickets? We want to get tickets. You can go to SohoPlayhouse.com. Um, and they I'll also put this go, in the show notes, you guys. And you, they also live um, on my Instagram. There is a link in my bio. Um, but <laughs> New York, please. I, this truly, it goes nowhere without, you know, the love and support that it's received. So I would love to have all you East coasters tell your, it's a fun night. It's a fun night. night. Have fun. I mean, February 14th though, that's Valentine's. You're expecting couples to protect, or by the way, if you're single, this is a perfect show to see on, on Valentine's day. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship, it's a perfect reason to come and see my, maybe you don't want to continue your relationship. (laughs) And shout out to anybody working at home Depot. Uh, Nicole kept you in business for a while there, baby, my home Depot babies. I love you so much. Uh, how else, how else can we support you besides going to the show is, is I uh, just go follow you on Instagram, support that way. TikTok, Instagram, TikTok at Nicole Travolta would love, love it. Love to have well, you. I, uh, I love talking to you. Thank you for doing this. This was such a fun conversation for me and, uh, you guys go support and we will talk to you next time, Nicole. Brian, I love you. Thank you for having me. So bad. It's good is a Betches media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.